What's up viewers and listeners, my name is Jay. I'm a registered nutritionist based here in Bristol, working with BJJ enthusiasts across the globe. On today's episode, we had Paddy Weber, a brown belt and coach under Ian Roster at Rising Tide BJJ in Western Supermare. Paddy has competed on the local circuit, acquiring goals at each belt, from white belt all the way around to brown belt in jiu-jitsu, and also as a brown belt in judo. In this podcast, we talked about competition toilets, super fights versus normal competitions, white belts giving advice, club pressure, and our favorite topic, the secret juice, and much, much more. Thank you for tuning in. Of course, if you're not subscribed, please click that button and turn on notifications. Thank you for watching and listening, and let's get into episode nine. Oos. Welcome guys to episode nine. Uh, my name is Jay, I'm the host of the BJJ Nutrition Podcast. Uh, I run the BDL Nutrition Consultancy aside with that. Uh, we like to work with BJJ enthusiasts across the globe, making sure they don't do anything silly with their weight cuts and performs the best standard. Today we have our next guest on the show, who is Paddy. Hello. Um, Paddy, do you want to quickly give a brief introduction to yourself, a bit of lineage, where we are at today at this lovely place? Yeah, no worries. So we're at Rising Tide BJJ, Western Supermare. Um, and there's four of us coaches that run it. Myself, I'm a brown belt. Uh, Chris Howard, another brown belt. Uh, Martin Eyre, black belt, and Ian Rossiter, our head coach, who is a third degree black belt. And uh, we've got sessions every day in Western Supermare. Nice, mate, that's cool. Obviously, I know you guys have only recently moved down here, haven't you? So you've only yeah, we, we, the club has been running in Western for um, a lot, a long time. Um, Ian's original club uh, has been established for years but um started growing didn't really have the space or the when we were renting mat space before at another yeah. club we did we couldn't we couldn't get the sessions we needed the club was growing so we thought we would have to you know get, have a push with it somewhere new full-time venue um so that people can train all the time yeah no, honestly first time obviously being down here mate and like, again obviously if any of the viewers obviously follow our stories and stuff it was my first time training since uh, my cankle incident yeah. as i call it uh, still looks nasty yeah the toes are doing a lovely little color type thing but it's honestly mate it was like all of this was swollen up here type of thing so today obviously it went down i was like it's a blessing it must be a reason for this <laughs> to come and have a role with you guys but again Absolutely awesome in terms of uh, even the, obviously the belts that are down here type of thing. No one was super spazzy. I don't obviously if you limit that with open man stuff. So it's supposed <laughs> to do, but no, everyone was awesome to roll with down here. All had a good abilities. No one doing crazy shit on like, again, and it wasn't the case of don't touch my ankle and they go straight for a, a toe hold or something <laughs> like that. So that was all good. And I really like the setup. It's just again being kind of jujitsu purist. The fact that you come in, you've got a big open mat. Everything's well padded. It was nice to see, obviously, again, like everyone clean the mats afterwards, that type of thing. Oh, every Everything session. It's just wicked and just, yeah, it's nice to see, like I said, a pure jiu-jitsu floor, but it makes Thank sense you. about yeah. having that. And it look, I'm very excited to see, obviously, how this guy obviously progressed with this even further and stuff. But yeah. um, no, apologies. Sorry, a bit, bit too much dick riding here. For no, no, no sorry, that's right. So I'll take it. Honest, <laughs> which is nice. Um, so with yourself then, mate, what have you done competition-wise and things like that? Um, so nothing nothing out of this world special. I've won, um, I basically compete on the local circuit, to be honest. I've won gold medals at every belt, white belt, blue, purple, uh, and brown. Um, and uh, looking to continue it. I think recently my shift has been more on folk, uh, I've shifted my focus uh, more towards coaching. Yeah. Um, 
but now that we're getting into the rhythm of things here, I'm finding slots where, you know, I can get my own training in as well, because you, you, you have to give a lot of yourself away when you're a coach. You, you know, yeah. You have to be watching the mat, especially, I mean, the weekday classes here get busy. We, you know, well, I say busy, but we have, you know, 30 odd people in here. Um, and it's, you know, you, you have to keep an eye on it. You can't just jump in for a roll. Um, but I'm getting to the point now where I'm starting to get a bit of a training schedule for myself in yep. amongst the coaching. So I'm hoping... Um, just figure out the routine by the sound of the That's thing. it. My phone's just gone off. I'm going nah, to you're good with that. It's fine. That was the last thing I said before I muted. It's on mute now. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. So, um, yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've won. I've won some stuff. I've, I've competed in judo and MMA as well in the past, amateur MMA. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm just still yeah, trying to do it. That's cool. It's interesting now. Obviously, you said you've gone into coaching a bit more now type mm. of thing. How do you find that in terms of have you competed as a coach and what's it been like in terms of pressure for you? I guess so... When I was, when I was like a white belt and a blue belt, that type of level, <clears throat> um, I didn't have any kids yet. Um, I wasn't too far along with my career outside of the gym. So I just kind of didn't really care. And I trained a lot and um, felt like I gained a lot of ground quite quickly. Mm. And then when I got to like purple belt level, that's when I kind of started to start coaching a little bit. Um, and... Um, I actually had a period at Purple Belt where I lost 17 matches in a row. Whoa, I know. Okay. I won first Purple Belt tournament, I got a gold medal. Second one, I got a silver. And then I just lost 17 matches in a row. And it was mental. And um, so Your first Purple Belt tournament, you got gold. Second yeah. one, you got silver. And then I lost 17 matches in a row. Is it all the same person? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of them were. To be fair, to be fair, a lot of them were to um, Dylan O'Brien. He's he's got my number, man. Every, every, every time we every time we roll, he, he catches me. He's he's good. Um, but no, it wasn't all to Dylan. Like there, there was. Oh, he's at Bristol Dojo, isn't it? Yeah, Bristol Dojo. Yeah, yeah. he's a black belt now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just had a bad. But the thing is, I was um, I wasn't training that much. We had a lot less sessions then. Yeah. And the sessions I was at, generally, I was coaching. So. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I've done it a lot of times. Done it with MMA as well in the past, where I've just got myself into competitions because I feel like I need to do it. I need to go and compete. I know I'm not really training. I know I'm not really firing on all cylinders, but I'm just going to jump in for the competition. And um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good idea. But um, <laughs> but more recently, like I say, I'm getting my own schedule down. Since I got a brown, since I got my brown belt, I've won. They've all been straight finals, so. That, there's a there's a caveat <laughs> At least to it's it. Not a default goal, but, I've, but yeah, they, 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 they've all been straight finals. But I've won four gold medals since getting my brown belt, and when I lost seventeen at purple belt, that just seems mental. Um, did you ever again? Obviously, it's got to be an obvious question. Did, was there a point of saying like, "There's just like, hey, I've reached my level, my potential, that type of stuff"? At purple yeah, there, belt, yeah, or? there definitely there was. I, there, I had I've had times where I've debated because outside of, I don't want to go too far into it. Give, you know, give, you know, I don't want to make excuses. Outside of jiu-jitsu, like, let's say two years ago during lockdown, I was working full-time. I also had a house project on the go where I was basically, and, well, let me go back a bit. Two kids, uh, like, low primary school age, mm. um, working full-time, trying to do a house project. We had this, turn this shop into a house. Yep. And um, 
like it, it took ages. It took us like two years. Mm. Um, and we weren't living there the whole time. We were like living with our parents. Like we had, at one point we had like, well, for quite a while, we had family of four living with my mum in my mum's two bed house. Oh, while we were doing this, oh, it was just, it, it, so yeah, so training wasn't really the first thing on my mind. And it was around that time where I was just jumping in for competitions, left, right and centre, just to keep busy. Um, and like I say, I was training a bit, but I was, re- I was probably only rolling hard, like maybe mm. once a week. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I just kept, I just felt like I had to keep plugging away. Um, but it was, it's disheartening, but you just turn up over and over and lose it loads of times. Mm. But um, at the same time, I felt like it was maybe a good thing because I feel a lot more familiar with it now. I turn up to a competition now and I can kind of get loose and I can um, get warm and, and, and feel, you know, get some tunes on maybe and I can feel like I'm, I'm ready for the match. Yeah. Whereas before, I'd just be walking around holding in a nervous shit. So. <laughs> 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 Everyone says about that toilet sort of competition. Yeah, there's, really. so, so there's the two sides. You've got the guys trying to make weight still. They're taking God knows what to do that yeah. type of thing. And then you've got the other ones who are just pure nervous. And you're just like, yeah. oh, I hate to see what the world's going to be like next week. That would be, yeah, be like a special cleaner on every, every competition <laughs> toilets is just a bomb site. Oh, it's a nightmare. But no, I feel a lot more, I've, I feel like the, maybe the last year or so, a few things have clicked in training as well, which has been nice. Like I've, I've, I feel like I hit a bit of a plateau where I just, I don't know, just didn't, didn't really progress for a while. Um, but our gym as well was legitimately shut through. So there wasn't, we didn't have, like, there might have been the odd open mat here or there, but we, we legitimately, we didn't have, um, we couldn't facilitate regular training through. So I did have, you know, most of that time off. Uh, I got a couple of cheeky rolls in, but it was, you know, we're talking fucking two or three roles in a year. Do you know what I mean? So That's it was, fair. Um, That's fair. Um, it was a rough time. So with obviously that, there's obviously a lot going on within the lifestyle and obviously felt like you interfered obviously in terms of that training and structure like that. Mm-hmm. Did it get as bad to the point of just saying, do you know what, this ain't, this ain't for me type thing? Would it get to that state? Yeah, li- yeah a little bit. It, 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 there, was, there was one moment in time where um, I just wasn't, um, wasn't really feeling good on the mat. Definitely wasn't feeling good in um, competition. Mm. And um, I kind of, I did, I did sort of think to myself, like, do I, is this, do I even, am I that bothered about it? Do, mm. do I really want to, and then, but I am. That's the thing, it is like my main, like when I was, like I say, when I was a lot younger and I thought things were going to go a lot different. Like when I was like 15, 16, I thought I was going to be in the UFC. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I, li- I literally like, MMA used to be my main focus. I, that's, you know, well, I've totally, gone jujitsu now but yeah it, it just got to the point where I just thought I've been doing this for ages and I haven't really got anything to show for it um but then you realize you have got something to show do you know what I mean mm. you've always got something to show yeah. for it um and like and now a couple of years later like my life's totally different I only work three days a week now so like it's like I've got three days on four days off yeah. there's jujitsu every day whenever I want to pop in um, obviously I've got my classes that I have to coach and they are still, you know, I don't really get to, to hop in as much as I would like to, but there's other sessions, mm. plenty of other sessions where I can dive in, uh, and get the work in. So it's, um, it's a lot better situation for me now. Nice. What do you think was the turning point for that in terms of obviously, again, not, not to keep on hammering this, obviously losing like 17 matches in a mm. row to the point of then saying, 
we're going to give this another lash, right? Was it was it a belt promotion? Was it anything else that kind of like helped spur that on a little bit more? Or because again, we we're, we will talk about the days of being a white belt and taking the licks and being like, look, let's be real. For the first six to twelve months, you're going to get beaten up basically yeah, yeah. constantly, and you might pull off a sweep, and that's the success you're going to yeah, have. Yeah, exactly. Thing. But it's not as if it gets much easier as you go up the belts, of course. But was there something in particular that kind of was the tipping point to say, actually, let's I keep think this going? I th there's two things actually that. I mean, to be honest, the main one was when I got my house finished. Yeah. And that was totally outside of jiu-jitsu, but, th but that was a huge thing. Relief. That freed up a lot of time for me um, because I wasn't going to work and then working till late night at the house as well. Mm. So that obviously helped. But actually, and this, this, this might sound a little bit, um, uh, a little bit lame, but um, Ash Williams did, a, did like um, Ask Me Anything thing ages yeah. ago. And I said to him on there, and I was like, what do you, have you ever experienced like a plateau? Like you just kind of get to a point and you think, I'm not going anywhere. Sort of what, what should I do about that? And he, he kind of was like, nah, not really. But <laughs> he was like, what I'm I would, he was like, he I'm was just like, the best. Yeah, I'm kind like, of a big deal. <laughs> he was like, but what I would recommend is um, just, it, I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but he basically was saying, just make it fun again. Just pick sort of don't worry about what you think you need to be doing or what you just pick something that you like or something you would like to be good at. That's interesting. And um, have some fun in training and just try, basically try something wacky for a bit. Just sort of, just have some, make it fun again. And I kind of started doing that. I actually started going to a lot of older things that I kind of left behind and thought, I used to do that, I'm going to bring that back in. Yeah. Because um, when I was, when I was, um, lower down in the ranks, I was quite like jumpy and sort of dynamic and, and, and yeah, that, as yeah. a- Is that a play where you're saying spazzy? Yeah, basically, <laughs> pretty much. But like, I, I just like doing flashy stuff. Like my first ever grappling tournament, it wasn't a jujitsu tournament. It was Spartan Grapple Challenge in Nailsy. There's a tiny little medal up there for it, little bronze. And um, I won the bronze medal match with a flying armbar. And I wasn't, I didn't even have a jujitsu belt at the time. I was, I was just did like, MMA and watching, I don't know, and, uh, like UFC, old UFC tapes of like flying yeah. armbars going, how can I do this? And well, no, to be, to be fair, flying armbars are a funny one because we used to, when I was in school, when I was 15, I started doing traditional jiu-jitsu and I had a friend, Jake Malfoy, and um, <laughs> we used to practice flying armbars on the, I actually learned it from my traditional jiu-jitsu coach. Really? And he was like, because it's nothing new, it's like been around, like it's yeah. just like, you don't see it very often. And, um, we used to do them on the field at school. We'd be like yanking on each other's blazers at school, like going for these, going for these flying armbars on the field. So I was actually quite comfortable doing, doing it. It's a bit tricky, Nogi. But um, yeah, so I, I was, I, anyway, that, that's what I was all about, like stuff like that. And then I think it, a lot of it was when I, when I came to train with um, Ian and, and everyone, when I, when I came sort of from Bristol to Western, like from Pedro's to Ian's, um, I found I was getting like, I was getting like crushed. A lot of the guys, like <clears throat> they, they kind of pass quite sort of like low and slow. Mm. There's a lot of pressure and really, really a lot of the guys are just, and it's only basic stuff, but they just got super good control when they, when, when they, when you get past or something, mm. I was finding myself getting squashed a lot. So then I thought I need to get better at like positioning and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, so I went back through and kind of like, tried to tighten up my pressure and my top game and stuff like that. Um, 
But then, yeah, like I say, I've, I've, I felt like I got to a certain point, didn't really know what to do. And then I just made it, made it fun again. Went back to some again. funky stuff, some like open guards and stuff that I never really, that I kind of stopped playing with and just, yeah, started, started having fun on the mat again. That's cool. And from there, you, yeah, you, f you find you can train harder because you want to train, because you want to you yeah, be there doing it. You want to be there. Yeah. I think it's really cool for you to share in that, mate. I really appreciate that. I think oh, there'll be definitely someone listening to you this that will be in that similar position, be yeah. that either white belt all the way up to black belt maybe who knows type yeah, thing. Yeah. and the fact that this is obviously supposed to be enjoyable and i think i can vouch for this you may be able to vouch for this as well especially within the competition environment which you've signed up and you've pressed paid on smooth comp all of a sudden i know one of our previous guests said before about how this cloud of like darkness just comes over yeah. because it's like right, okay we're in a competition environment now i've yeah. got to then get myself mentally prepared for this and try and do our best type thing and he said it would suck out the fun of it all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, I can, I can see that, yeah. And so I think actually then going to stuff that you want to go and learn. So I think that's what sucks in, and I say it sucks in a lot of people now into this sport, is the fact that you're just consistently learning new things or working yeah, yeah. with it and then you hitting like, oh, that's worked. And I think, again, another guest mentioned like, okay, once you've hit it on a white belt, right, then do it on a blue belt, yeah. then do it on a purple belt, exactly, work yeah. your way out type thing. And, see, and it's very enjoyable because then you kind of get those reactions to it. But that's really, really cool. So with, in terms of yourself competing then, um, obviously we, we're in a sport where we are in weight categories. Mm -hmm. um, have you always competed in the same weight category? Has it varied at all? No, or? I used to be, I kind of naturally filled out. When I, when I started competing, um, I'm trying to think what my first, my first combat sports thing might have been an MMA fight. Yeah. Um, you undefeated like Khabib? No. <laughs> one, one and two. One and two. Yeah. Mate, I got knocked the fuck out. Uh, sorry. You can swear? Yeah, you can swear. Yeah, yeah, I got knocked the fuck out. It got like 50,000 views and for, went, for, went semi-viral. Semi don't look for it, please. Where did it in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't. No, it was, um, I think, I can't remember. No, it might have been that flying armbar, um, but I was 61 kilos. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I didn't do anything about my weight. I just weighed 61 kilos. Yeah. And it happened to be bang on for, uh, is it Light Feather or is it Rooster something? I okay. can't remember. But when I started competing in grappling and MMA, I was um, 61 kilos. Mm. And then I kind of, over time, just naturally kind of filled out as I, because that was, you know, I'm nearly 30 now. So um, we're talking like 13 years ago. Um, and somewhere along the line, I went up to, I normally compete around 66. Yeah. Uh, at the minute, I'm about... 70 just over 70 kilos not much then no 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 i normally sit roughly around where i compete i don't do big weight cuts or anything i've had to in the past i think when i was on that cusp of being used to being 61 yeah and then suddenly just taking it for granted and weighing myself like a week out and being like oh shit i'm like four kilos over or something Ooh, i've done i've done i've done like stupid like water cuts before and like like just literally like bin bags and runs down the seafront and stuff like that to get That's rid of it. That's interesting. Let's, let's tuck on that. It's not to obviously highlight you making a silly mistake in yeah, the slightest yeah, yeah. bit, but again, I, I'm sure you've seen it at competitions, right? Yeah, literally you see it, see it on like, the ultimate fighter and stuff. And yeah, thought, that's how they right. do it. Like, and it, that's the thing. And like, even like, let's say, even local competitions, like, let's take the North Somerset Open, right? That's probably the next big one for the local area for you yeah, guys. Yeah, probably right? is, yeah. You will see people on the day with bin bags on running around the car park, yeah, right? Yeah. And you're there, like, what on earth are you doing? Like, you don't need to be doing this type no. of thing right now. Um, and the problem being is that, again, for you as an instructor, and obviously all the other guys, obviously, like, help run this place and stuff, 
you're not given an instructional on no, how exactly. to manage nutrition and weight and all this type of stuff. No. It's kind of what you know from your previous experiences, which could be right, could be completely wrong, could be absolutely perfect. Like it was very nice to speak to the Dre lot who have everything pretty much nailed down to the exact T. And I was yeah, not pleasantly, surprised. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. And it's like, it's obviously you speak to some clubs and they're like, yeah, we just don't eat for, food, for a few days and stuff like yeah. this. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, so again, let's, let's go on that one. So you'd weigh yourself, you find out you're sort of four kg heavier within the week of the competition. Then yeah. what was your first response out of interest? Uh, well, trying to, it's, yeah, we're talking quite a few years ago, but basically just sweat it out. Was was all was all just like drink water, don't eat much and sweat. But that seems counterintuitive, just drink loads of water and then sweat it out. Um, but it was... Um, I mean, it, it worked at the time I got to the weight I had to be, but I didn't, I didn't feel good for it. No. Um, and um, yeah, just essentially went for um, like was, a, went for like a went for like a sauna session. Yeah. For like fifteen minute blasts for probably about an hour. Yeah. And then the next day, uh, beach runs. It was like this time of year, so it was like hot, oh, and um, in like a sweat bag. And then within a couple of days, I was I was pretty much there so like two if we say we're four days out yeah did kind of like two days of like trying to cut it mm. and then just basically tried to maintain and eat next to nothing for the next day before the weigh-in so terrible <laughs> same day weigh-in i'm presuming as well yeah same yeah. day weigh-in yeah yeah oh, again and then obviously you go like and have a massive pub lunch or something yeah no, I feel lethargic <laughs> awful afterwards probably but no. i've got a bit of a system now yeah so like now so at the minute i'm just under 71. If I needed to get down to 67, it depends what, if it's gi, no gi, whatever. Sure. But if I needed to drop like three, four kilos. Let's just say it's no gi for. I can, I can normally do a kilo a week if I eat a particular way. Yeah. Um, and um, that's, that's, good, what, that's what I do. I don't do any yeah. extra effort. I just eat differently. Yeah. Uh, for the, you know, it could, be, it could be five weeks, it could be three weeks however long I need to out until, you know, I get to the weight. And, and, and I think just keeping on looking at it helps a lot. Literally step on the scales two or three times a day. Yeah. So it's in there mentally and um, know that you're eating right. Know when you're a bit close to the mark mm. and you need to cut it out. Well, I was about to say, in terms of a kilo a week, I think that's a very good marker, right, mm. for people to work towards. It is dependent on the individual, Obviously, the lighter we go, uh, especially for females as well, that marker maybe a little bit too ambitious for some people just yeah. because of their physiological makeup type of thing so uh, along with obviously hormonal changes within the month itself uh, i am a big advocate of weighing daily right the idea being is that don't get me wrong if there's psychological issues regarding to that i.e you get very phased by it you react poorly to it all that type of stuff and find different conversation yeah. but in terms of a marker in terms of how things are going yeah it just makes things really quite easy yeah, to the point yeah. where even if you don't log your food, right, and this is quite a Neanderthal way of looking at it, if you've got your activity up, right, I don't know, wear a monitor of some sort, watch your step count, go to jiu-jitsu regular time, that type of, and that's consistent, right? Mm. And you see your weight gradually just building up and up and up and up and up, right? Even without logging your food or being aware of it, that tells me you're over eating. Yeah, there you yeah. go. If your weight is roughly staying the same over a period of time, you're like, all right, well, maintenance, absolutely fine, could be more, because it's never gonna be that, that precise. If your weight's moving down, Cool. You know you're under eating, basically, yeah, that's it. Yeah. and you can keep it as simple as that type of thing. It doesn't need to be I log all my food and I get everything detailed or I follow a meal plan, whatever it could be. But the the difference being is that when you do go down that route, 
you allow yourself way more flexibility. Yeah. yeah. You can understand what, how much you need to eat with certain things. You can include other food groups in that. You might be thinking it was like, oh, I can't be eating chocolate bars. And of course you can type thing. It's mm. just trying to find that balance with it. So as you mentioned, there's a specific sort of group or diet that you do. Is there anything particular with that? that there is a little bit. So when I, so, and you, some of this as a nutritionist, you're probably going to hate. I'll don't be, I'll be honest, honest right now. I, okay. I don't judge. So, <laughs> so, but so when, when I'm trying to cut weight, I wake up, uh, porridge, banana, a little bit of um, honey nice. on top. That's breakfast. In the day, normally I'm at work, um, I actually eat Huel, mate. <laughs> mate, okay. I'll tell you why, because I'm not about, I've got enough stuff going on, I can't be bothered to every single meal I look at, add it all up, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? If I have a, they do like hot, you know, the hot and savory yeah, 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 things. Yeah, yeah. I have one of those, I know I can, numbers wise, I know exactly what's in it. I don't know off the top of my head, but um, I have a Huel, I have a bread roll, I have another banana. And then for dinner, Normally, uh, my fiance Leanne, she normally cooks like pretty hearty meals, like like yeah. a nice meal. So it'd be like, I don't know, it could be a lasagna or a roast or, or something average like that. And that's pretty much it. That's and funny. if that's I do that, but, but at the minute I'm on like a mad, I'm on a mad binge. I've, I've been, diet, I've, yeah. I've been, I'm on a seafood diet. <laughs> yeah, so, um, it's, it's actually seven, 71. I weighed myself just now, just under 71. That's pushing on the heaviest I've ever been. Um, I have been, after um, the unfortunate incident, incident <laughs> I was 72, yeah. uh, but that super quickly went back down once I was doing some activity again. Um, well, if you know being a good nutritionist, just let me know. Yeah, yeah I will. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, what, what, like I say, what I do probably isn't very professional, but it works. No, I, and it's not, my, it's not my permanent diet either, it's what I use temporarily. To then to get to the marker, work, yeah. and then after that, I'm. But I, I'm, I'm. Don't get me wrong. I'll have a binge. I'll have a takeaway, like a lot of people will, from time to time. Sometimes more often than I like to admit. <laughs> but generally, I do eat a pretty good, kind of balanced diet. I like to eat, you know, healthier foods. It's, it's, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. We'll, we'll touch on two parts there, which is pretty cool. So I've got no issue with you in the slightest bit. It depends on the individual and how they're responding to it. Yeah. Right? The if you take your typical person who starves themselves and then binges all, all the time type thing, let's again I'm going to use a Weight Watchers woman just as an example yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. Day before when she's there like literally not eating all day just to make a pound move on the scale yeah, that yeah. type of thing. A meal replacement shake or even just like the the ones that they got obviously with the sort of like it's like a pot noodle thing. It's basically a pot noodle. Yeah. Pot noodle thing. It's not going to be anywhere near satisfying as obviously her trying to get some more fruit and veg, a bit more higher protein in there and all this type of stuff, right? And don't get me wrong, majority of jiu-jitsu athletes are going to be semi-aware of their nutrition, right? If you say the word protein to majority of people on the jiu-jitsu floor, they're going, oh, I know what protein is type of yeah. thing. That's absolutely fine. So it's not as if they're completely dumbfounded by that type of word. Um, it's like I said, if you can manage your hunger sensations, you're obviously a very busy guy, obviously mm. with your work, it's not as if you're just sat there twiddling your thumbs all day, bored out your mind. Yeah, no, and I am I on the move. You would change that meal if it wasn't satisfying you enough. Yeah. Yeah, and if you have been doing it for quite some time, obviously you've mentioned, obviously it's been there, it's what you've gone to all the time, then I'd have no issue with it, mm. yeah? He'll obviously have a very good balance across the board, which is fantastic, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. It's just managing that expectation of the individual. Now, there's gonna be some hobbyists and jiu-jitsu people out there who are gonna be sat at their job, bored out their fucking mind because, yeah. I hate, hate sounding like Andrew Tate here, but stuck in the matrix, if you wanna yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, right? And 
they'll go to a meal replacement shake and be like, oh, I'm still fucking hungry. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. And then it's just like, well, that's unfortunately due to the, the environment that you're in and that's not gonna be the most appropriate approach for you. But yeah. if it works for you, fantastic, mate. Nothing wrong with that at all. Binges, let's talk about that. So I thought, you know what, that's an interesting topic because I think there's nothing wrong with eating more some days. Yeah. yeah? Sometimes people then like to, I'm not saying it's you in the slightest, by the way, but the idea of then saying, oh, that's a binge, or I shouldn't like, binging obviously is the extreme extremities of like feeling out of control. Do you know what I mean? In terms of like- A, bin, a binge for me, we're not, we're not talking, we're, we're, we're talking pretty big time. A binge for me is like <laughs> a month's worth of eating terribly. I've yeah. been eating pretty, pretty poorly for, for about the last like three or four weeks. Yeah. Um, came back from a stag, thought, fuck it. It's all fucked anyway. I'm just going to eat whatever I want. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've had nothing coming up, really. The Somerset Open's coming up. I don't know if I've even got a match for it. Uh, my name's in, but we'll see. Any brown belts out there? <laughs> Any brown belts, come get it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so... And I know I'm, I'm pretty close to where I need to be for that anyway. Um, but, yeah, I will. A binge for me is, like, probably one to two takeaways a week. Relentless chocolate bars and biscuits. I'm a big chocolate guy, so it's a lot of the time it's chocolate. And the terrible yeah. thing is, chocolate gives me mad heartburn. Really? Yeah, so I like, I'll be like eating chocolate all week and um, struggling with the heartburn, and I just still can't stop. My body's telling me to stop, and I can't do That's it. That's mad. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned chocolates. I've been notoriously known for some of the clients I work with, probably more the lifestyle clients who can suffer with that sort of chocolate craving, right? Mm it's more psychological and sort of compartmentalizing this good or bad sort of view on it, if that yeah. makes sense. And I said, the problem is at the moment, you view this bad, this food as bad, you shouldn't be having it, right? Yeah. And I said, what we're gonna do is we're gonna normalize it. And I, I hate to say this, we're gonna make chocolate fucking boring for you, right? Yeah. And they go, how are you gonna do this? I said, I want you to eat a chocolate bar every day. And yeah. they go like, seriously? I'm like, yes. And I'm like, the next thing on top of this, I want you to treat that chocolate bar like an M&S advert. Yeah, I want you to literally be looking at admiring every single fucking granule of it type of thing <laughs> and just don't be distracted watching TV, on your phone scrolling through TikTok or whatever the fuck it is, yeah? Like, take your time to enjoy that chocolate bar and majority of time, by, by, by day 10, they're like, I don't really want this chocolate bar nice. all of a sudden. And it's just because that then we've normalized it to the point of then yeah. saying it's like, it's not good or bad, it's nothing wrong with it. Thing from your perspective, mate, is that you're highly active. Yeah, yeah, um, that does help. To it, be fair, if I was big, sat in an office all day, I would be, I would be fucked. Well, this is, my, this is my problem. I've got to keep active, obviously, all the time. <laughs> everyone expects me as a nutritionist to be, I don't know, eating and shitting avocados twenty four seven, running a marathon every day. I'm like far from it. I'm just sat on a laptop like this the majority of the time. <laughs> so, yeah, um, now that's interesting. So, obviously, you had some experience with the uh, bad weight cuts from there. After that one that you mentioned, was it uh, like I'm never doing this again, or I'm going to keep my weight closer this time? Yeah, that, was that that was probably when I just decided to move up because um, I hadn't been um, probably probably around about that time. I, I was a little bit more serious. I used to be like I used to have such a different mindset. I used to have a shit mindset. I used to hate hobbyists, and I was barely above a hobbyist myself. I was only we're, we're talking white belt, blue belt yeah, type yeah, yeah, of level. Yeah. Yeah. But because I had like, I was young, I had n nothing really sort of training was the main thing I had going on and I had big aspirations and it used to like, like I had some friends and that that would sometimes come training and sometimes not come training. Mm. And, um, and I, it, it would annoy me that you could, that you could be, I, I was kind of like, you gotta be in it to win it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, just, uh, I just, I just, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get like, 
But now, especially with the coaching, that what I see now is like, firstly, most people are hobbyists. Um, I mean, even a lot of the stuff we're talking about, like a, a lot of the people even that compete at a low level, they, they, they just compete at what they weigh. Do you know what I mean? They probably mm. would be better off yeah. following some kind of system, getting to the weight they need to be. But most people are hobbyists. Yeah. Um, and you meet some of the, like, like in here, I've got some of my best friends like in the gym. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, but yes, yeah, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> I've, got, I've gone rambling. It's all right, gone on a tangent. It was more to do with learning from the weight cup, obviously, then what was the sort of moment to, do you know what, I'm going up and Oh, yeah, no, so yeah, at like, that, yeah, what I was saying, well, at that time, I was, I was quite serious. Like, my mindset was quite serious. I was a hobbyist. And I was, I was, yeah, I was already eating quite well. Yeah. And I was just, like, I was probably... Um, late teens, early 20s, that, that sort of area. Yeah. And um, I was just getting bigger, um, just kind of filling out a little bit. So I just, expected. which is just, yeah, it was just kind of natural. Cause I used to be you know, like, well, I'm still, I'm still pretty small. Natural but <laughs> I used to be, I used to be even smaller. <laughs> and um, so I just thought, well, the, the, the kind of next weight class up in, in that much higher. So I'll just, I'll just go. And I was always quite big when I was like, so when I was 61 kilos, um, what I'm trying to think what that would be. That's like bantam weight. Yeah. Um, I always forget the names of them all the time. I yeah, I don't like, know. So one, like, one or the other. Yeah. But um, it was, um, I was always quite tall, like quite, quite lanky for that weight class. Obviously, I'm a short guy, but for that weight class, I was quite tall. Yeah. Um, so I felt like actually I went up a weight class and I kind of fit in there better anyway. So I was just like, okay, well, I'll just next time I'll, I'll, I won't be making this cut. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I got over it. I just didn't try again. <laughs> I just went up instead. That's nice. You had no reservations on fighting the heavier guy then? No, no. Well, I, I still think, like I say, I still think I was, I was, I was probably, I was as, I was like a skinny, like bantamweight ever. Anyway, when I kind of filled out a little bit, yeah. Um, I think I was a better size for that weight class. Okay, so it kind of naturally happened. Again, obviously, a big fear amongst obviously the hobbyists, as we kind of mentioned, is that, oh, I don't want to fight the bigger person. Yeah. And. Again, I've mentioned this countless times in terms of when you break it down in terms of those smooth comp numbers. And so if you go onto smooth comp, you can see what the people are weighed in on mm. um, on the day, like on the day after the event, you can see. And on average, most people underweigh by about 1.5 to 2 kg. Yeah. Right. So let's say the next weight bracket from that 64 was 69, for example. Mm. Right. Take off 1.5. We're talking what, 67.5, right? Mm. You then eat a little bit more, so you're then 65 rather than 64. Yeah, are you worried about two and a half kilos? That's it. Like the, it, it's the, fuck all. I think it's like I think I mentioned it to you earlier. When I roll in the gym, um, probably 70% of my rounds are with guys that are middleweights or like light heavyweights. Like it's um, there, there's there's not many people. We got a couple of guys that are featherweight territory, but um, most of them are kind of like. Lower down the ranks, do you know what I mean? They're, they're not kind of like brown belts and stuff that I can. <laughs> Inferior to you. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it. I didn't pull it off. I, just, it's all right. It's more just, be, just be real with yeah, it. It's yeah. fine. But so, yeah, we, we got a couple of featherweights that are like um, purple belts, uh, sorry, um, white belts and stuff. Um, but around my weight, it's, it's, uh, around my belt, it's, it's not that. I don't think we've got anyone. There's Chris's middleweight. Um, Another guy, Dan, who's a brown belt, is probably light heavy. Got some visiting, visiting brown belts that come in, but they're all big. Um, yeah, so it's not, it's not common it's that I roll. Again, like... But it doesn't help, though, because it, it kind of does help. If you think about jiu-jitsu in, um, in terms of, like, 
can the big man beat the small man? Yeah. yeah. I've tapped out some absolutely massive units in here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That no jujitsu. Right, we've got we've got a great story at our club, which is um, and it's a shout out to Max, by the way. Uh, do you know Matty Hud from Trodon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Max has uh, went into an absolute, and he's again. I think he fights at just under eighty. I think it was. Yeah. Went against Matty Hud in an absolute and got him with an arm. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Nice. And uh, again, that size difference. And it's not as if Matty is like again just a big lump who can't move. He can fucking just. Yeah, yeah. He can really go for it. Obviously, when you watch him do this from the circuits and stuff. Yeah. Like Max claims to fame is he got the absolute belt off of him who was like <laughs> he was like charted for this like absolute belt Matt he's gonna have <laughs> and Max said nope I'm having that off oh, you type nice. thing. but you're very much right but um sorry I interrupted you no, that's right. about in terms of that but you said there's not many people obviously your weight at your belt and stuff like yeah, that yeah so and when I actually compete um at my weight it's, it's a little bit alien for me because I'm not I'm not used to fighting high level guys that are also small um so like I feel like I can't get hold of them. They're, they're, they're everywhere. And I'm like, it's like you said about my knees earlier, <laughs> like my rubber legs or whatever. That's yeah. how I feel when I, when I fight small guys. I'm like, I don't know where he's going. But um, it's... Um, just did the Nate Diaz and just like lay on the floor. I'm like, right, I'm just going to yeah. wait for you. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> it's, um, it's, 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 it's a weird thing. It's, um, I, it's like I say, it's, it's, I like, you know, I, I don't feel it's a bad thing to because mm. I know a lot of guys I can understand if you're if you if you compete for a living I know a lot of guys these days they do a lot more of um sort of they won't spar with people outside of their yep. weight class They're, and that's fair enough because you 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 have to protect you know if you're fighting for a living yep. competing for a living you need to protect yeah. your body yeah. but in here you imagine if I've got a class of like 20 30 people and there's big guys in the class um I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna. If there's odd numbers, I'm not gonna tell like a a, a big new guy like. No. Sorry, I don't roll with heavyweights. Like, when it, when he's paying me for a class, do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a weird one. You you kind of have to still, sometimes get in there. Still, would be a great one to chuck him on the scales, man. Nah, yeah. And you and it. you have to show people when they come in as well in a nice way. Like we don't we we like we don't smash people we that we've got a really high retention rate he's here. lying people. he smashes people that was an accident that <laughs> <laughs> was an accident but no we um uh you have to show people what jujitsu is when they first when they first arrive at the gym you can't play with them too much because they, they don't know how to play no, exactly. so they don't recognize that you're playing around yeah. e even if you are so you have to, and I think that um, the guy with the teeth, Chujitsu. Yes. He ha he has a thing about it where he says, and it's pretty much what I've always done to be honest. But he says like he'll he'll tap someone two or three times in quick su succession, and then he'll play with them. Yeah. Because you ha you you can't have someone coming out on their first session and going, well, Chujitsu's crap. I've just smothered. Doesn't, doesn't work. I've just yeah. smothered the instructor for for five minutes. So, yeah. yeah. So. There's, it's, it's a weird thing. It's, I, like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, I'm, I'm confident that like, I can take out big guys. Um, but at the same time, for the level I actually compete in, it's, um, it's a little bit tricky sometimes trying to get the rounds in when, um, I mean, I could travel for them, I guess. Um, but it's, it's interesting, you have the issue at the lighter end. Like, there's a lot of big guys, right? And obviously, I'll give a shout out to Elite, obviously down the road and stuff. But mm. the, the majority of their weight is like above average, like 88 is the weight to the gym type thing. Mm -hmm. And again, outside of that, most clubs don't have the experienced heavyweight guys that are there type thing. Yeah. And it's like, 
it always seems to be obviously in the hot spot, like in between sort of 70 and 80 type thing in terms of like enough numbers around. It's quite apparent when you look at the local comp scene. Yeah. Uh, and then unfortunately, obviously, as you go up through the belts, numbers get smaller and smaller and exactly, smaller Exactly, yeah, again. that's the trouble. And then I don't think obviously from your competitive side of things, I don't know, you might be wrong with this, you don't want to fight a Master 6 brown belt at that weight, do you know what I mean? Like, is it going to be that competitive? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, well, like, I don't know. The Masters, I, I don't think, Masters is a weird one. I, I, I've, I've rolled with some guys that would be in, up, way up in there in the Masters. Um, that have absolutely smashed me in the gym. Like there's, yeah. there's something to be said for the experience of, of, of being in the Masters. I don't think it's necessarily something to, to shake a stick at. I'll be there soon. I'll be able to, I'll be Masters one soon. I'm already there. I, oh, I, I dart between adult, adult, Asters? Fucking hell. Uh, adult <laughs> and Masters all the time, just depending on what the numbers are looking like. I, again, this is just That's my fair. personal preference. I try my best not to fight people that I'm close with or know, not not just like social media type thing, but people I don't That's uh, fair. I like that. And then likewise, I try and find new matches to play with because if I've beaten someone three times before, yeah, I don't want it, I don't see them gaining anything out of it. I'm quite, like I said, a nice person in general. So for me, I don't want to be like, oh look, I've just come on you again. Like, mm. I don't get anything from that. He doesn't get anything from yeah, that. Fair. Well, he might do. I might learn how to do Kamora of defence finally. Who knows? But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, that's what I'd end up doing. But, yeah, you were saying sorry about the Masters and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think Masters is a weird one. I, I don't... Um, I'd like, I've never been in the Masters, but like some, sometimes I've seen guys compete in the Masters that I I know would have almost definitely won the fucking absolute... Uh, sorry, the adult bracket as well. Mm. Um, it's, it's a weird... And, you know, sometimes... Competitions are weird. Like you can have, you can have a local comp that somehow has got like some super top level people in, mm. and you can have a, a London IBJJF where like loads of people have got a straight final. Do you know what I mean? It, it's it's it, it, you can't you can't always weigh it up. Generally, the better guys will be at the better comps, yeah. but sometimes like the local comps are like you got some Ooh. killers in there out of the blue. It's interesting. So I find that the comp scene at the moment just seems to be ebbing and flowing, right? I think beginning of this year, a lot of the beginning, like the comps at the beginning of the year, absolutely fucking packed the Rams, mm. like absolutely stupidly busy. Then it, it seems like it's gone for a little bit of a lull, right? And then it doesn't seem to go. Then obviously it seemed to pick up again towards There's summer. too many comps. That's what it is. Oh, there we go. People don't, people, I, that's what I think it is. It was, it used to be like, Mate, I've been to some mad... I've been to a competition back in the day where I didn't even get weighed in. They just asked me my weight. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking. I would love you to be like, how much do you weigh? 130 kilograms. You yeah. see their face. No, like... literally, like, <laughs> competitions used to be mad. People would travel from all over the place because even that... Um, I don't want to mention it again, but that one... Uh, my first comp where I got the... What was it called? Oh, Nelsie, you said it. Nelsie, Spartan Grapple Challenge. Yeah. People would be like coming down from up north to go to Nailsy Sports Centre for this little grappling challenge. And you turned up on the day and like the brackets were all like pen and paper. Like you'd go up to the guy in a huge queue of everyone in it. Yeah. And you'd, you'd put your name down and then like you'd wait a few hours and then they'd sort the brackets out. Um, I got a video somewhere of Spartan Grapple Challenge. And this guy, Judo Dave, that we used to train with is on the mat and he's killing it, to be fair. Like, and um, the ref's on his phone. Like the, the, the ref's literally like taking glances at his phone, couple of words there, looking back at the match, couple of words, looking back, and um, just gave it, like they didn't do points, so they like just gave a decision either way. And um, like, like, Dave's been throwing, yeah, <laughs> Dave's been throwing this guy around the map for however many minutes, and then the ref's just kind of like, oh shit, and lifts the other guy's hand. But yeah, it used to be like, what I was saying was, it used to be like, 
competitions were few and far between. Yeah. So a lot of people would flock to them. Mm. Um, but now there's just so many. People are just like, oh, fucking hell, like, which one's a good one? Do you know what I mean? Like, like mm. what does it... Um, like, there used to be jokes about the British Open because it basically was just the Coventry Open because, yeah. like, no one really... It was just kind of people from around there that would enter it, but they yeah. called it the British Open. So I remember people used to joke about it, but now the British Open is, like, legitimately, like... That's good on this. Reg regarded as the British Open, I would think. Yeah. Like, 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 it is a big competition and it does draw... A yes. crowd of top guys. I'm surprised um, they've got it on next weekend along with IBJJF Worlds, obviously at the same time. Like, but again, yeah. it's, just, it's two different places. But I think you're right in terms of the amount of competitions out there. I think... You go on Smooth Comp, there's too much to look at. Yeah. I, I go on there and I'm like, oh, but what shall I enter? And I'm like, oh, can't be bothered. Like, literally, I get on there, scroll a couple, and I'm like... Pfft. I was saying to some of the guys earlier, what I end up like doing personally for me is when I'm in a good position, obviously healthy, that type of stuff, my ankle injury, all that type of thing, is that I will get a good sort of, not a training camp, but a good bit of training block behind myself, like yeah. two, three months of just being on the mat, getting the bug to compete, which is what, I, I'll get an itch all of a sudden, I'm like, I want yeah, to do something, I, I want to test myself. Uh, and then I'll end up booking normally two or three competitions, like back to back to back to back, right? Nice. So that then I can just get in there. First competition, I'm not too fussed about, because I'm like, I'm sure you've had it before. You get the first match on, then like the nerves settle. You're like, cool, right? We can just go and yeah, play yeah. now, type thing. I know what I'm doing. Um, and then, then I find that after that first competition is done, I'm like, oh well, the second one's going around the corner. It's fine. Weight's on point. No issue there. I've got this personal big fear, mate, of a nutritionist doesn't make weight as an article, oh, article all the time. So that'd be good. That would be oh, good. Yeah. Um, but not for you. No, not for <laughs> me at all. Um, and then. By the third competition is there type of thing. I'm there like, right, cool. We know what we're doing here. We know what's going to happen. You're not going to... I just find the nerves settle down so much more as time yeah, goes definitely. on type of thing. Same thing why I like grapple industry so much with that round robin style because all of a sudden, I was saying to some of them again, obviously earlier, that if you wanted to go and practice just wrestling, right? Just all your takedown stuff, absolutely fine. You can do it without the fear of like, I'm going to be eliminated all of a sudden. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it just makes things 10 times easier to be like, in that environment, you know, you've got five matches to go to. Um, especially obviously in brackets where things can be a bit, a bit, more, a bit more tricky in terms of, I don't know, experience, weight, et cetera, mm -hmm. age, that type of stuff is just fantastic. But I think nowadays you could compete every single weekend if you really want. You could, yeah. Like, yeah and, that's and travel. It. And the prices of stuff, I think, as well. Obviously, again, appreciate everything that's going through tricky times and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But some of them are just absolutely extortionate. Yeah, they are. And it's just like, I think from what people used to say back in the day, you're looking at 20, 30 quid, obviously, for it. Obviously, nowadays, you're looking at a minimum of 45. Yeah, yeah. And even then, you're not even guaranteed, you're guaranteed potentially one match against someone that you maybe even roll with in your own club. Yeah. And you're just like, well, or you fought the guy already, like 40 times. Like, do you know what I mean? So then, like, what's the point? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather speak to the guy off, <laughs> on Instagram about, hey, mate, just will come up for a roll at the club on open mat <laughs> yeah, and then just go, go for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... It's a fucking nightmare. When it I do, and that's that. This is something I have like a, like a personal. Not grievance. It's, it's I'm not. I'm not annoyed about it. It just is what it is. But I don't necessarily want to like. Again, like I said earlier, it's horses for courses. If you if you if jujitsu is is what pays your bills. If you you know live to compete, mm. do you know what I mean? And you're a full time athlete. Yeah. Fair enough. I can see it. But for me. I, I don't want to spend like that amount of money to go and have it. Like I do enough jujitsu. Like I, like I do jujitsu. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's nice to, it's nice to win. And I think as I, as I've, as I'll progress now, I'll try and 
try and rather than just doing I've tended to just do whatever's close yeah but now I'll probably try and aim for sort of like the higher level competitions um and stuff like that I quite like to do a few more super fights I feel like that's more me that's more my um I can't stand a tournament mate I get a headache the room's loud yeah. Every, like there's people there all day and like you get some toilets are disgusting toilets are disgusting <laughs> yeah uh it's, it's it does my head in I like being there especially I like, like the, I like it, the community. Personally. I like the community of it. I like being there coaching. Um, but the trouble is for me, and this is where coaching comes into it again, like even if I'm competing, I'm usually coaching at least someone there at the same time. There's someone else from the club who's, who's competing or something. Yeah. And it's just, it's just stressful. Do you know what I mean? Like being like trying to be everywhere. I, I don't deal well with it. Whereas I think if I had a super fight, one match, um, come out, a bit more atmosphere to it as well, um, rather than just like that, you know, that weird um, sports hall echoey noise that's just going on all day. Um, yeah, it does matter. And I think, um, I think if I could get, start looking at bigger competitions and sub-only shows, that, that's, that's, that's probably the route I'll go down rather than just chipping away at whatever local one's going uh, on. We did drop a little hint on some of our podcasts, but uh, there may be something coming very soon to Western. Oh, right, nice. Uh, which I'm trying to plan at the oh, moment. Yeah. So that'll be pretty cool. Uh, Winter Gardens, you been there? Yeah, Winter Gardens is nice. That's what we're thinking. So we shall see. I've got to make some make some emails. I've got to do them this weekend, actually, to make sure I get it all in place. But I think it's the perfect... Well, you've obviously... You must have seen a MMA shows and stuff like that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the setup. The do, they still, do they still hire it out and everything? Because I know the college bought it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got to go and plan a visit and stuff like that and everything. But yeah, we're going to put everything into it and try and to make it interesting. Because we've got enough guys that we speak to who do enough sub-only comps and they all say the same thing. We've got to go to London or we've got to go up north to do this. I'm like, right, well... Perfect opportunity to do that. Kind of I thing think too. Western is quite a good place for things in general because it's quite close to Wales. Well, you know, it's close to like Cardiff and everything like that. Uh, Bristol's nearby, Taunton the other way. It's kind of like, it's just right there. It's near a lot of places. Yeah, there's and, good um, clubs around here. That's the other thing as well. Like, yeah. they, like there's enough good clubs. It's not just about like the big named ones where... I don't know, is it New Generation with Paddy the Baddy and that type of stuff? Or oh, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, It's not just about those clubs up north. There's enough good talent down here. We had a guy come down, visiting. He came down to Weston for um, like a, a holiday, I guess, like a weekend away. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, nothing, wrong, nothing wrong with Weston. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I'm coming from Clevedon. Yeah. Oh, so. Clevedon, no, to be fair, that's, that's, that's a step up. <laughs> but um, no, he came, he came down and uh, he said to us, and he was quite open about it. He was, quite, he, was, he, was, he was a white belt, a really nice guy. And he said, oh, my, my, um, my coach up north told me there was going to be nowhere worth training down here. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, nowhere worth training. And he was like, oh, I'm so glad I come in. Like, and he's, bear in mind, this is a white belt. And he's yeah. like, and I don't want to slag, like I say, if you're watching, really nice guy. But, um, <laughs> but he said to us, he was like, yeah, you know, the level's really good. The, the venue's really nice, this, that, and the other. And I was like, like, is that maybe a, like a white belt telling me the level's good here? Do you know what I mean? It, it, it felt, it felt patronising. No, but he, there was a little bit of a language barrier going on. And um, I, I think it was supposed to be a compliment, but it came, it came across a bit wrong. But I said to him, I was like, no disrespect, mate. I was like, I've never heard of you guys either. Like, he told me what Jimmy was from, as if I should have known about it. But yeah. I was like, you're a long way away. Like, 
There's a lot of jujitsu clubs. This, you know. Honestly, I've had the same conversa conversation. It was this time last year. We went over to the Isle of Man, uh, not the TT, but there's another one called the Grand Prix. Nice. And so it's uh, like a step down on the TT, but they're still yeah, yeah. averaging 160 around that island, which is just nuts as it is anyway. Um, in a pub, had some GB shorts before we changed to RGA. Guy, oh, you do jiu-jitsu, do you? And it was like, ah, oh, wicked. And my friend's like, how the fuck does he know this? And I said, oh, it's a shorts type thing, yeah. that type of stuff. And he was saying about what school he went to. And I was like, no idea, mate. Yeah. Like, and he's like, do you not know we've got a coral belt there? And all this, I was like, no idea. Yeah. And I'm like, it's no, nothing to offend you in the sense yeah. of like that type of thing, but I've got no idea. Yeah. And the thing is, like, even going, obviously, setting this all up, the amount of people. I didn't even realise that we had um, Art of Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Oh, but yeah. So, like, it's news to I mean? me. I'm <laughs> like, what the hell? I, I, I yeah. thought it was like more of American type thing. That was it type stuff. But again, there's just so many schools that crop up all the time type of thing. Yeah. And to be offended by it, you're just like, in the, the day, you just got no idea. But I think, like I said, there is enough good talent down in the South. Like, even down, obviously, past Taunton into Devon and Cornwall yeah, and yeah, that yeah. type of way, that there needs to be something done. So, fingers crossed, I'll stop talking about it because Tom will kill me on the way. All right, okay. Um, but... No, that's well, all good. Well, good luck with it. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. We'll keep. We'll, we'll find you a match. I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah, There's a nice. few people. Um, what we're going to talk about next? Then, obviously, you mentioned obviously from coaching and that type of stuff, and you seem to be enjoying it and stuff. Yeah. One of the uh, situations that occurred is that um, I'm sure you won't mind me saying. So, Joe from Elite, Joe Foy. Yes. Um, said that he struggles with mindset because now him being a coach that when he competes he feels like there's a pressure of the whole club oh definitely on yeah, top yeah, of him. yeah anything that you do to try and manage that at all or no, well like I, I can't really I wouldn't really give Joe advice he's, he's a, as experienced in competition as I am probably um, I, I would imagine well um, not to say to Joe but like that I, I can see the logic behind that I, I, mean? I think your teammates as long as you're not a bell end um <laughs> Your teammates, um, think about it the other way around. Like when I watch our guys compete, um, I want to see them do well. Yeah. Um, and I don't like it if they do something stupid. Like a buggy choke? But, <laughs> like a buggy <laughs> choke. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it if they do stupid things. Um, but at the same time, when they come off that mat, whether they've fucked it or they've won, they're still getting a fucking, they're still getting a hug and a high five and a, and a well yeah. done. I, I, there's a lot to be said for competing at all. Because um, then this is the thing, like on social media, everything is, ev like, everything's about like comparing ourselves. You, if, if you play football, if you, do, if you go and do five a side once a week, mm. no one's asking you like, yeah. oh, when are you going to be in the World Cup, mate? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, but with jiu-jitsu, it's like people will be white belts and they, or, or whatever level they are, and they, they feel like they have to compare themselves to, like, Gordon Ryan. Do you know what I mean? But it's... Um, yeah, he doesn't. I, I think actually, the, I'd compare myself to Gordon Ryan right now, and I think I could, I could I'd have a better chance of beating him. It's still not that yeah, much, but that's it. the way he's ill at the moment. But, yeah. but I think um, your students are just as happy... For, uh, again, just... They want to see you win. Yeah. Um, but they're, but they're not going to be annoyed if you lose. And, and generally speaking, you've, you've done enough already for them to respect you. And mm. you, you're not going to lose a match and they're going to go, Bye. oh, this guy's crap. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've lost matches in front of students loads of times. I've also won matches in front of students loads yeah. of times. It's, it it, it, um, I think, it, it comes and it goes. I think you look, you look more of a bell end if you get really salty about it. If you come off the mat and go, oh, fucked it, lads. 
Like, yeah. and, then, and then get back in the gym, start working on what you've fucked up. N no one's going to hold anything against you. If you start, you know, stomping around and, and, and being a bitch about it, then, like, that's going to make you look stupid. But we'll summarize it. Stop being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah right. I, 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 don't, I don't think it matters. I think, it, I think it's a commendable thing to compete as a coach, and um, especially in front of your students. Um, and you just got to treat it like it. I actually prefer it, I think, when the team are there. Um, it's um, it's, it's kind of nice. It's got like that sort of community vibe. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good. I think at the same time, I think if you had a student, the biggest fear I imagine is obviously you compete, you lose, and you lose members off the back of it, right? Yeah. Because they think, this guy has no idea what he's talking about, right? Yeah. We all take the piss out of what we see on Instagram, like the McDojo life stuff, right? Yeah. Anyone who's a genuine jiu-jitsu practitioner, right, all know deep down that they're not doing Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, yeah. Like, so you don't have to fear about that, no. right? You're not obviously in that, you're not, and if you are, then obviously whatever, like it's your life type thing, that's yeah, no yeah. issue with that. So you haven't got the fear there. If you lose, obviously, to a fellow competitor, that's absolutely fine. And if you have people leave off the back of that, right, I would think that maybe that student's not the right fit in the first yeah, place. Yeah, I, I think it's rare that that would happen. I think I think yeah. the work has been done. The work is done in the gym. It's um, the relationships are built in the gym. If you're, um, we got we got a blue belt here, um, Dean. Shout out Dean. <laughs> and um, he's a he's a fucking savage man. He's a bastard. He's caught me, probably at least twice. Like it doesn't sound like twice doesn't sound like that many. Savage. But he's a blue belt. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a bit he's like middleweight sort of weight. But um, like he he's you know in the gym yeah. and has subbed me and still comes back for lessons all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong, I catch him back, hmm. um, left, right, and centre. <laughs> but it's um, you know, if, if it all happens in the gym, basically, is what I'm saying. I, I, don't, I, don't think, I, I don't think it'd be possible for me to lose a match bad enough that anyone would leave the gym because mm. of it. I just don't think it'd happen. I think the only scenario, again, I, I think as humans, we think of the worst case scenario all the time. Yeah. Maybe if they were really new, maybe if they were like yeah. really new to the game, they don't know much about jujitsu and they just assume that like, yeah, my, say, my coach should be winning everything. Right, like, like, and then that's just stupid naivety. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think if you, yeah, really new member, you had like, let's say, an opposing gym like next door to you. Yeah. Yeah, then I think that scenario could happen. Yeah, that could happen. Yeah. There's so many, you've got other variabilities with this. Obviously, where I'm based in Bristol, for example, I've got a selection of at least like 10 gyms I can go to, yeah. right? Um, all based on different diff distances, that type of thing. That could all vary and everything like that. But at the same time, it's like, right, okay, I don't think I'd ever it would never go from my mind at all. Like, oh, if my coach loses, I'm leaving. No, yeah. no, like, not at all. It's not that community feel. It's not the case of like, this sport is not about having a perfect record, right? No. None of us are ever going to be like Khabib. None of us are going to be in other situations in that type of situation, in that stance. Even Gordon Ryan has losses. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can't deny it type thing. So, yeah. at the end of the day, like, you would, well, what John Danaher's record is, I was just about to say. I wonder if he's a... I don't think he was, but this is the thing. Like, it's, and and if we're if we're if that's the conversation, if we're worried about coaches competing, like, not every the, all the best guys in the world was their coach like formerly the the best in the world. Like jo John Danaher, I, I Dan, Danaher, I don't even I've never even heard of any competition results of his own. Nope. I don't know if he's, I know he's got some, is it knee trouble or something? I yeah. Don't know. But I don't know if he's ever competed. It doesn't mean he's not one of the best coaches out there. No. It's like, you think of like people like, um, 
in the MMA game, you think of like Anderson Silva and that. Tell me his coaches. Can't. Do you know what I mean? There'll be someone in the comments. Actually, it was. Yeah. Well, I think there's only there's only one mixed martial arts guy who you look at that coaching squad and you can name all of them. You're like Jesus Christ, and that's George St. Pierre. Yeah. When you look at yeah. Brass Harvey, John Banner. Yeah, true. And like, I don't but when you look at else, what they've done, like his coaches, what they've done in competition, it's nothing close to what he's done. So it doesn't mean you don't have to have a world championship player to teach you how to, you know, to coach you to yeah, that level. Um, 100%. I think it's interesting, because especially from my standpoint, being kind of involved with the people that want to perform really well. Yeah. Right? When I first, when I was first a nutritionist, and obviously we started taking on more sports performance clients in jiu-jitsu and outside of other sports and that type of thing, I'd always have this internal fear that because I'm not competing to a better standard than them, and how on earth am I going to support them go further? Mm -hmm. And it took me a little while to adjust to say, actually, they're not coming to you because they know what you're ready and they want to test you. Mm. They're because they don't know and they want to be supported and pushed yeah. further. And once I overcame that barrier, it was in the case of going, cool, well, what can we do with these individuals and see how we can push that performance yeah. a lot more? And it makes things a bit more easier and manageable going forward type of thing. But you're very much right. You look at a lot of other sports, the coaches that are involved with them, Again, I'll take CrossFit athletes, for example. Mm. I can guarantee you, yes, some of the coaches do CrossFit, yeah, which is fine. None of them have got to the Games final. Yeah. yeah. And like some of, there's probably one individual at the moment, or a couple of individuals who do that, but at the end of the day, they still regularly compete. And will they compete for the rest of life? No, God, no. They're yeah. going to get to a point where it's just not going to be possible, and that's yeah. it. But they'll still coach, and there's no problem with yeah. it. But no, it's all good. Um, what's your thoughts then, obviously, in terms of a lot of talk on steroid use within the jiu-jitsu community at the moment? Is it, again, something you've got any opinions on? Are you concerned about it at all? I'm or? not. If, if, if it was a perfect world for me, um, I would just say don't take steroids. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I, I, I'm very much like kind of like a pretty natural guy all around. Like, I like things that are natural. Do you know what I mean? So like, I like to believe that everyone shouldn't. You shouldn't muddy the water with like, oh, because I don't think it necessarily makes it. There, there are people on steroids that are still shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that because you're taking steroids, that's why he was better. Um, but it just muddies the water, doesn't it? Mm. It's like when people get popped after winning a fight in the UFC and you think like, is that why they won though? Like, especially if they've absolutely destroyed whoever they're fighting. You yeah. think, did they win because of the steroids? Like, I'm not sure. But it muddies the water. It puts a question mark over it. Yeah. Um, and um, good old asterisks against the name type things. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, like, it's, um, uh, it's frustrating. I'd, I'd like to see a, a world where no one takes steroids. But what are you going to do? It's, it's, it's out there. It's human it's, nature. It's not going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's human nature. Just wants to try and get that extra bit of performance. Yeah. I think the concern being, obviously, cause as you kind of mentioned, you compete more on the local circuit than obviously the bigger stuff. Is that? If it's happening at IBJJF level yeah. and all the other competitions that don't even test type thing, and you, it's, it's pretty obvious. I was saying to a friend, Mate, you walk around local comps and you see guys that have just clearly, uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? What can you do about it? It is what it is. Like giant, like vein across the forehead type <laughs> thing. You're know, like, hi, nice to meet you. Like bright red, and then you got some. They're like, no, I'm always looking like this. And you're like, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Let's see what your blood pressure looks like. Um, and yeah, I think that's the problem is that, again, we've got other people coming in from other sports such as bodybuilding and mm. things like that, which is great to see the community growing and stuff. Yeah. But they've come in from a world where, again, it's been this deep, dark secret, which is now probably more publicly spoken about than ever before, that all the guys who go pro within bodybuilding or even high at the amateur ranks, that they all take stuff. Mm. And now all of a sudden it's then in this world, which it's 
still unsure as to what its pure stance is, mm. if you see what I mean. Like, I think I got a sort of number the other day for one USADA test, it costs around about $789, right? And so that's for just one test. Yeah. And so it puts into perspective then that even though people say that uh, IBJJF have a lot of money, right? Yeah. I don't think the £150 entry fee for the competition is going to cover £789 or dollars yeah, yeah, that's it. for that test to be done on no. absolutely everyone, right? It can still do a high majority, and they could do probably first, second, and third with all the entries coming through, but a local competition isn't going to do that. No. You're not going to see North Somerset Show start testing everyone. No. Like, they can't afford it in the slightest bit. And even then, like, what's the structure going to be? So until I think testing improves the fact that they could do it cheaper and more locally, and that's absolutely fine. Again, not saying that people wouldn't be able to get around it. They probably will do. They're always yeah, a cat it. and mouse game with it. But it's really tricky with it. But it's it's hard because I think my stance more so is I'd rather, it's kind of like the sex ed talk I say all the time, right? I'd rather people be safe about it and be aware of obviously yeah. consequences and everything like this. Like, again, it's when I speak to some individuals who talk about that they take stuff. I'm like, have you had your bug work done? And they're like, what's bug work? And I'm like, yeah, there we go. And it's just like, you need to understand these things to make sure one, you're healthy, you're safe, you're not doing anything stupid. Is the stuff even legitimate in what you're taking? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and not just doing any other, other harm to you. But that's that's where my kind of stance is on it in that sense. I just want more people to be more open about it and talk about it a little bit more freely and not fear the ridicule that could come from it. In the day, I'm sure I know people who take stuff. I'm sure you probably know two people who take stuff type of thing. And the idea being is that fine then, as long as it doesn't affect, doesn't harm me, doesn't harm them, I don't care, right? It's just a role, do you yeah. know what I mean? It makes no fucking difference in the slightest yeah. bit. But yeah, seems to be obviously questions on that all the time. Um, obviously, you mentioned that um, you want to try and do some more bigger competitions. Is, they said sub-only stuff. Is that is that more what your preference is? Are you gi or no gi bias? Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not. I don't discriminate. I've got. Um, in the past, I was. Although I started out when I was a teenager doing the, the traditional jujitsu stuff. In um, sorry, my missus is calling me. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I started out doing the traditional stuff, which was you know kind of gi. Um, but when I really got into grappling was when I started MMA. And um, then for quite a long time, and I must have sounded like such a bed. I remember saying it to people when I started training at Pedro's. I remember being like, yeah, it's not really, um, I, I, I don't really want to do the gi. Like, I, just, I just do jujitsu like, on the side because of my MMA. Do you know what I mean? Like me with my one amateur fight. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, um, Next could be. <laughs> and I, I, used to, I used to be pretty, I used to be like a no gi a no-gi guy. I trained in the gi, but I was, I much preferred no-gi. Now, probably to roll, day-to-day -day basis, I prefer a gi roll. Mm. I, I can appreciate the, um, the technicality of it a lot more now. Um, and um, just, if, I, I, I couldn't tell you how I perform better. I think I'm pretty level either, gi or no-gi, doesn't, really, yeah. doesn't really bother me. But in terms of just fun on the mat, I, I prefer a roll in the gi. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's surprising. Do you think? And do you know what I love? I don't. I don't know. It's weird. I I love it when you have a proper heavy gi session, and you get off the mat and you've got that like ten kilos of sweaty gi, <laughs> and you know you've had a good session. I don't know why. I just I just love that when you got that like sopping wet gi around you. I won't do it all the time, but like, there's nothing better feeling than uh, again it's in gi or no gi. But again, one of the places I go for an open mat on a Friday evening, right? Mm. Peak summer. 
fucking absolutely sweaty as fuck. It yeah. looks like, I don't know, there's been a fucking flood in the fucking gym. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. Like, literally, like, everything's there. Can't sound any more gay, I'd say the least. No, I know. Like, shirts off, everyone's sweaty as fuck, all trying <laughs> to cuddle each other. But then you look at the mat afterwards, and you, well, everyone's just got steam coming off. Yeah. Like, oh my God, it's the hottest room in the world. We're like, yeah, we just done that for an hour. Like, <laughs> feel really good type thing. Even if you've been subbed for the fucking hour, who the fucking cares? But no, it's nothing wrong with that at all. Do you find then, obviously, being a coach, obviously, the gym, where it is and everything like that, the young, uh, not to say the younger, but the new members are coming through. Do you think there's a more of a bias to Nogi, do you feel, at the moment? Um, it's, it's the cool thing, isn't it? To be, to be a Nogi guy, that's, that's like, it's like, it's, it's trendy, it's, um, it's, you can argue it's more exciting to watch. Um, I don't know whether I necessarily agree with that. I think it all depends on the match. It doesn't depend on whether it's Gi or Nogi. Um, but yeah, I would say a lot of people uh, that start out now are more, um, they, they just kind of want to be no gi guys because yeah. that, that, you know, that, that's more popular at the minute. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't, we're not, we, we're not really fussed to be honest. It, it doesn't, if someone comes here and um, mainly just comes to no gi, we don't, we, we don't really care. We're, we're not going to grade someone if they don't put a gi on, if they never buy a gi, then, then they're not getting a belt because they don't need Go it. Go here first. Um, but, um, <laughs> But we don't, we, we find most people want to do both. Yeah. It, it's rare that someone comes in and says to us, oh, I just want to do no gi. Um, I, don't, I actually don't think, I, I can't remember anyone ever asking the question. Maybe the other coaches know. But no, it's, I, yeah, like, a lot of people like no gi. It's getting hotter now as well. Um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite but good word. Some people as well, there, there are a lot of people that like, don't do no gi, like, like don't want to, do no gi, do you know what mm. I mean? Like we we got some guys at the opposite. They're at the open mat. They'll be there. Does anyone want to put a jacket on? Do you know what I mean? So it's um, it's it's we don't discriminate here. <laughs> people, 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 you know, we we have a pretty good mix of both. To be honest, it's sort of um. It works. It's, no, it's nice. Again, uh, RGA obviously based in Bristol. We've got such a massive timetable in the sense that you can do gi or no gi any day of the week. Nice. Right? Like, to the point that it's pretty obvious you've got certain times to do different things type of thing, which is fine, but it's definitely no preference with it. For me, I just want to turn up each and every day and obviously train that type of thing. I like the preparation towards a competition. I probably sound more in the no gi crew at the moment than the gi crew. But I don't know if there's any sort of reason why I, I kind of like go from one to the other occasionally. Yeah. And kind of go from that type of thing. But again, I think it's, as you mentioned, it's a bit popular at the moment and stuff like that. And obviously some of the big, bigger names who are better at social media presence, I think, as well, and feel yeah. that they can talk more about the gear. I think Nicholas is doing a good, good job in trying to lift that up a bit more. Yeah. But at the same time, unfortunately, you're just not seeing the same sort of presence from the gi guys, if I'm honest. Yeah. And that's the issue. Maybe Worlds might be different. Maybe Worlds Maybe. might be giving them an opportunity for that, but it's all good. I'm going to check the time. You, you yeah, let me just... Call back, mate. <laughs> oh, shit, we've been chatting for an hour, man. Oh, shit. That's been good. East. Happy with the conversation so far? Yeah, man. Yeah, right. 
run through the questions then, dude. Mm-hmm. Everything okay? Yeah, man. Bosh. <laughs> right, what we'll do then, mate, is we'll go into some of the Instagram questions that we had chucked in. Right, All right. okay. So, uh, first question we had come through um, is, uh, I think he knows you pretty well, a guy called Gary. Uh, right. He's got his black belt. Yes, Gary. Love you. He wants to know about the crossover between the judo and the jiu-jitsu and in terms of what you think benefits are in terms of sort of like cross-training, if that makes sense. Oh, right, okay. I, I actually would... It's a tricky one. Um, I think we're quite lucky here that we bring... A lot of our guys are, are quite, quite takedown-y because I've done quite a lot of wrestling before when I did MMA um, with Steve Keen and I've done the judo. You can learn terrible habits from, from cross-training judo. And, and it works both ways. Like, like the whole stance and, and the grip fight, if you walk into a judo match with the kind of same kind of typical BJJ posture, um, which I, I always call it like fake wrestling, but like they have like the cat paws and they're really low type of thing, <laughs> um, it's, it's not going to go your way. Um, but at the same time, with the judo, if you turn in for a shit hip throw, you get your back taken, and you, you know, oh. uh, it's happened to me. Oh, do you know what I mean? Like it's. Um, I've got a flashback to like one of my last comps. Really? Like no word of a lie, and stood there. It was my first ever blue belt comp as well, and obviously I was quite nervous because obviously again that even though the jump isn't like massive in terms of white mm. belt to blue belt type thing, in my eyes I was like, I'm gonna get steamrolled by everyone here. They're all blue belts type yeah. thing. And uh, I like pulling single leg X, probably the one who rolls with me knows this all the fucking time. And I'm like, right, cool. Couldn't get it on him. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to do something else because every time I'm pulling, it's just not working, not happening. So I'm like, right, never done this before, ever in my life. And I thought, let's just do it in a competition. Grab <laughs> both lapels. I thought, okay, I've seen this before. It's just fine. Just turn, put him over your shoulder, and he'll just fall in front of you. Yeah, yeah. To which I turn, drop to my knees. Where is he? He's not in there. Next yeah. thing I just see a hook come straight in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, my back's about to be taken. Yeah, I'm like, scramble. I, <laughs> I think the, the best thing that judo, I th but long, I think cross training is good. I think it is good to do, to, to do a bit of judo. Um, but if you can be, I mean, you don't want to be a dick and turn up there and start asking to call the shots. But if you can learn, the things that translate the best are grip fighting in general. Yep. So just grip fighting. Um, a lot of people I find here, when they, when they haven't really done, if they're quite new and they haven't done many takedowns, takedown week comes around and they kind of like don't know what to do with their hands. Whereas at judo, every session you're, you're, you're grip fighting, trying to throw mm -hmm. someone. So that helps. Um, and trips and stuff like that, like, like low, low effort um, things like trips and sweeps come across really well. And probably my top takedown, and anyone who knows me watching this has, has probably had it, <laughs> um, it's like a little inside trip that I originally used to do from judo, um, but now I do it gi, no gi. Like it's just it's just like a nice easy um, little trip that, um, and I teach it to the class. And I teach loads of things on a weekly basis. Um, well, maybe not a weekly basis, but I teach loads of things at jujitsu, on the ground and standing, that come from judo. Yeah. Um, so it absolutely translates. One thing I will say is it's heavy on the body. Mm. It's like. You, there's not as much longevity in, because I love judo for the sport that it is. Yeah. Don't turn up to judo and be the guy that's like, oh, like in BJJ, I normally would have grabbed a single here or I normally would, because you can't grab legs. So um, there's, there's, there's a lot of rules and you have to take it. You would, 
you wouldn't go if you're a rugby player. You wouldn't go to a football match and be like, I'd normally pick that up. Like, do I normally mean, tackle it. Yeah, yeah I, no, I normally just tackle it. Like, it's a different sport. You have to just play the rules. It's it's the difference between That's darts and tennis. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it translates if you know how to play it, mm. but you have to be careful what you bring over because if you go to your first lesson of judo, you'll probably learn a big hip throw, oh goshy hip throw, and if you come in takedown week and move in for it, chances are you're either getting picked up um, or you're getting your back taken. Yeah. So y you have to be, what, what everyone likes judo for when you see the highlights is, is the big throws. Yeah. I find they are the last thing that will actually come into your jujitsu from judo. Mm. The, thi the things you'll take uh, the biggest benefit from, especially starting out, is grip fighting and um, sweeps, basically, foot sweeps, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I was going to um, say, that's probably one of the things that I, again, probably speaking to Joe Foy, obviously from Elite, who loves his uh, outside foot sweep all the time. Yeah, th those guys have all got a nice out. I've seen them at uh, the Bristol Open there, they're quite a big team there. Yeah. And I swear, like, three of their guys did the same little, like, shrug off and a, and a foot sweep. It was yeah, nice. Yeah, it's nice. Like, Joe was saying on, on the podcast that he got caught. Uh, I saw the video. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. about how he drilled it. I, I, I love that. It's like movie-esque type that thing. Is, that is, that's awesome. come back and I'm going to learn how to do yeah. this move type thing. Um, but yeah, I think obviously that was good. My question was going to be actually off the back of that was in terms obviously of judo, all of it's obviously in the gi type of thing. Mm -hmm. You mentioned obviously the foot sweeps obviously be translatable to no gi. Is there any other moves that you don't think translate as well into that no gi environment type of thing? Or is there things that are maybe missed out yeah, on? Yeah, so definitely no gi hip throws are harder. Although I do have, um, I do like um, a variation, and I hit it quite often to be fair. Um, and it looks like to the untrained eye, maybe it looks like you're doing a C and Aggie, like just a big shoulder throw, hip throw. Yep. Um, but it's not. It's like it's more like a katagaruma. You're going over the shoulders. It's like an extra turn. You kind of corkscrew into it. That works really nice nogi as long as you can get a good overhook and a good kind of bite behind the elbow. Mm. Um, and if they're not too slippy, <laughs> you can normally pull it off. But no, it's. It, I I think hip throws in general, especially nogi, they're they're difficult. Sometimes if you've got some wizard action going on, yeah, a little bit different. When it's it's when guys tie themselves in, basically, mm. that you can go for it. You can go for your hip throws and but stuff. The likelihood of you being that close with the individual, they're going to be trying to get away from you. In the that's first the thing. Place, I, f I find a lot a lot of um, submission grappling. It's more collar tie and wrist control type of region. It's not yeah. often that people are in that close distance where you could even think about going for a hip throw. Yeah, you've got to be planning it. It's got to happen straight away. Yeah, right? yeah. But then there are guys, there are, there are better guys. I'm not that good at judo. I, I do judo. I've done judo. Like, I'm, I'm all right. But like, there's, there's probably better people than me that could walk in nogi and start throwing people around. I'll take uh, Owen Lewis, for example. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, again, obviously what he did to Chris Wyman, which I get everyone was kind of like surprised at. Mm. Again, Chris Wyman's a fantastic wrestler type thing. But again, Chris, uh, sorry, Owen's been obviously doing it from a very young age, got to the Olympic level team, that type yeah. of stuff. So you can see how it translates. But no, that's interesting. Like I said, I think the crossover bit is, is again, quite useful in terms of it. Um, and I think, again, like I said, foot sweeps and stuff can be really useful just even as distractions. Um, yeah, yeah. Just to then set up other little and foot, things. We drill it here a lot of the time. A lot of the guys like it, like a, like a foot sweep to pick up the single, stuff yeah. like that. Really nice. Yeah. Um, I think that was one of the things I drilled into my head quite early doors in terms of sort of like trying to break posture and stuff like that. It's all I'm trying to do is just bring a leg forward. Mm. Yeah, so that I can go and get grab the single, yeah. pick up the ankle, whatever it may be. And the technical way of actually getting to that point, literally 
okay, okay, so I'm a black belt in slightly bit, obviously I'm a blue belt, but mm. like whichever method I do that with, like if it takes me just to grab your hand and just pull you forward with it, yeah. then that's what it needs to take, yeah? yeah? It doesn't need to be like, this is the exact route that's gonna work this way. No, yeah? exactly. It could be the fact I just snap your head down and you stumble forward, I'm like, oh great, there's your front leg, I'll go and grab it now. Yeah, exactly, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, makes sense. Uh, next question we had come through was, what is your biggest pet peeve when sparring with someone? Biggest pet peeve when sparring with someone? I'm hoping I haven't done this to you already. <laughs> well, I can't imagine so. Mate, I, to be honest, I'm pretty, I might be someone's pet. I play prison rules a lot of the time. So like- <laughs> What are your prison rules? I want to know. Prison know. rules, so like, I'll heel hook anyone, like whatever belt. Not, 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 not to finish it, That's mate. what he did earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, 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 not to finish it, but I'll, I'll enter for, um, we've been a lot more playful with leg locks ever since we had, we had two seminars, one with, Josh Williams, yep. and one with um, Josh and Ash. And both times, if you need a seminar, the Drake guys, they come down, they bring a whole team. Um, not gonna blow too much smoke up their asses, but they do a good seminar. They bring like a lot of guys yeah, down. Yeah, they normally do. And um, yeah, we, it, it's not like specific techniques that I've, I mean, I have learned, we learned techniques at the seminar, but more what it was is they gave a really detailed description of the positions. Yeah. Um, and we kind of came away with some drills that like we now we now run like a lot more leg lock drills so it's, it's quite a leg lock friendly gym now nice um so we will um i will i mean i wouldn't want to see white belts heel hooking white belts or, or even or even blue belts i guess like, so it's that uh, typical simpsons thing of two monkeys like, yeah, <laughs> go <laughs> but yeah i will i will go for heel hooks on pretty much anyone uh, but it's always catch and release um uh I'll go for wrist locks. I'll go. For, I'll go for the reach around. <laughs> we got some. We yeah. So sounds like you're the, the pet peeve. Right? The, yeah. I, might, I might be the pet peeve because I, I when I start when I started doing BJJ as well because I come from like the MMA. My original MMA coach Steve was like kind of like a pure kind of like submission rep, like almost like a catch wrestler type of style. Yeah. So like nothing was really off the cards, and I remember rolling with. Um, a guy, Dan Foster, from, from our club, he's a brown belt. Yeah. Um, it was here actually, upstairs, back in the day, before this was here. And um, he, um, there was like some kind of open mat going on and I just rocked up for a roll. And I caught him with a calf slice. And I think at the time he was a, he was a blue belt or, or he can't have been a white belt, he's probably a blue belt. But this is a long time ago, and this was when leg locks weren't like a, a lot of places just didn't do leg didn't, locks. Didn't work. They, didn't they, they just anything. didn't do leg locks. Yeah. It, it didn't matter like what leg locks, it was just don't touch the legs. Yeah. And um, I didn't realize any different. I thought everyone who rolled was going for can openers and, yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. So like can openers and like leg locks and all kinds of like savage stuff like that. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I was, he didn't thank me for it, but it was, um, yeah, I can't think of a pet peeve. I really can't think of one. I guess I, what I don't like is people that are just recklessly jumpy, like people that will just sort of like, jump on especially because i'm like quite a small guy if i've got like even someone not that big what's middleweight 80 odd 80 90 something like that? uh middleweight is uh i don't know medium heavy is 85 so middleweight is just about 80. yeah even like like middleweight type of territory if someone goes for like a really sloppy diving kind of pass on me or something like that and just lands on me hard in the gym mm -hmm. i'm just like fuck off do you know what i mean i'm, I'm do you know what i mean I, I, it's like I'm not in it for like impact. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I'm trying to have a role. I'm not just, I'm not trying to like. I'm with you. I'm not trying to get like 
black eye, like, do you know what I mean? Like, well, everyone gets black eyes from time to time, but so you, know, like, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. When people just like dive in at you and stuff, I don't really like that. But I'm pretty much game for whatever when, when yeah. I roll, to be honest. I, I think, do you know what? I started off at an MMA club and my Nogi stuff and everything like that. And again, it was, again, kind of what you mentioned in terms of prison rules. It was just like, made no difference, right? When it came to open mat on a Friday, yeah. like I'd be there being expected to be subbed probably 12 times in that five minute round, yeah, yeah. by the brown belt. And I couldn't, you weren't in a position to complain. Yeah. It was the fact that, hey, you're there, and it's a round robin style, and it's like, again, obviously what we did today type of thing. You're going to absolutely fight absolutely everyone, regardless of a little bit. And if you complain, then you're just not in the right place type <laughs> of thing. Yeah. And that you just take your licks. And don't get me wrong, you get some little victories or that type of stuff. But again, then going to other places, like, oh, well, we don't do this or we don't do that type of thing. I think the only thing I, again, as you kind of mentioned with hill hooks, is that if the understanding is that, well, obviously I'm injured at the moment, type of thing. If you, if I can't then put that move on you. No, no. Even if it's catch and release, if you've got a bad ankle, it's going to be hard to wiggle out of an ankle. Like, because sometimes what I do is I'll, I'll get to a heel hook position or something, and I'll stop. If they don't recognise it at all, then I'll just let go. Because like, if I'm rolling with a white belt, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. um, but if they're a little bit more switched on, then I'll allow them the space to to work out of it. But if I knew you had a, if you've got an injury, I'm not going to even touch it because it's. No, like... I think what I meant to say was that, for example, if you can't heel hook me. Yeah. I'm not going to try and heel hook you. Oh right, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. Because I'm like, if, you, if I can't have one set of rules for that's what? that's my pet peeve. You found it. What it is, people that say they're fucking injured, or they say let's have a light one, or <laughs> anything like that, and then you touch hands and they fucking just go off the chain. That, that annoys me because, and I, I feel like it takes me like too long to go, all right, he's taking the piss, I'm going to step it up. Mm. Because you, you sit there and you go, he, he said he was injured. I don't, I don't want to, do you know what I mean? This is fast, fast early with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he, do, do, I go, do I go in or do I, or do I not? But um, yeah, that's annoying when people, um, people, and people who just kind of, uh, I don't know. People who sort of lose and, and moans, like again, especially in the gym, I guess we're talking about in the gym, like, yeah, as opposed yeah, to competition. Yeah. yeah, people who sort of like lose and moan, like, like not so long ago, like we had a visitor come down. Like, I like him, like no, nothing wrong with him, nice guy, but I, I tapped him and then he spent ages telling me how I caught him with it. And it was nothing special, like, but he's telling me, I'm not going to tell you what it was because I don't want to, I don't want to put him out there. Put him out there. But, but I caught him with something pretty basic. It was a standard jujitsu move. Mm. And it was like, oh, like, that's so unfair because I, I, I would never normally get caught with that. Like, I don't normally do that that led to that. And I'm like, mate, I don't care. Like, I feel like, I said to you earlier when I walked into that triangle, literally. Yeah. Like, you're like, and in my head, I was like, that literally happened in slow motion. I could see it all happening. I was like, oh, I'm in a triangle now. Oh, great. Okay, it's happened. Yeah. I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, I, I think I was chatting to you earlier and it was still breaking down in my head. I was like, where did I go wrong with that? And I think it's where I went for a cross ankle pick rather than like the same leg and I then left the arm out. I can't remember. remember. It's already it gone. Something, something like that. And I was just like, just don't do that again. You but I got tapped by a two. This, this is quite funny. I got. Um, I went up to um, Drake, Dry, don't know how I say it, sorry guys. Oh, it's a drag. Dr all right. I went, went up there for like a, for like, um, I, that I right, guess actually. one of their, I guess one of their pro team things, like a, like they, I was chat chatting to Josh and he said, come up sometime when he was down for the seminar. So I went yeah. up, uh, had a great time up there and uh, I rolled with Ashley Bendel and I got choked out. Not, not, not choked out cold, yeah. but like, I mean, I, she that, caught me yeah. with a really naked choke. And um, I came back and some of the guys were like, oh yeah, how was it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, good. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, I got choked out by a girl. 
And they were like, oh, did you, did you? And I was like, mate, like, of course I did. Like, what's, what's, what's wrong with that? Like, I mean, like, surely, like, I can, surely I can concede that one to like, someone of that level. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it, uh, yeah. But yeah. Nah, shout out to Ashley again. Obviously, we, we had her on the podcast, obviously, in a few episodes yeah. like, like, ago type of thing. She's in, um, currently in San Diego for her world. So oh, I saw something about that. Yeah, that'd there. be good to see Somewhere her Somewhere online. Yeah, it's going to be good to see her compete. That will be cool from there. But no, she's an absolute beast in terms of it. And mm. um, yeah, she doesn't get enough. I don't feel like she gets enough credit for her ability, basically. Yeah, yeah. And she was saying on, on our podcast that she's been overlooked in comparison to others who are of not the same caliber as her in terms of competition wise. Yeah. Because they have higher Instagram followers than her. And she was like, like and I was. That like, seems to be the case, to be fair, because I've had like. <clears throat> I've like. Even like I, like I said to you earlier, I'm not. I don't claim to be like some high-level international um, competitor, but I've still beaten guys that have been like on like quite big shows and stuff. Like in comparison mm. to what I've done, and I sometimes think like, where? How do I? But it's only recently I've set up a BJJ specific Instagram yeah. and started doing all that because I'm like. Well, these guys aren't just going to come to me and be like, do you want to be on our show? Do you know what I mean? I've got to do yeah. something. I've got to try and like... And that's a very good point. And I say this to everyone because obviously I've worked with m people in multiple different industries, boxing, Muay Thai, MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, all this type of stuff. And still to this day, I'm shocked, right, that you see promotions put up people obviously on their Instagram profile, right? Yeah. And only one of the athletes has a social media handle on there. Yeah, 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 and all I'm the like, time. How the fuck? Now, either you know the person who's put on the show, right? And they said, yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll get, you a, get you a fight type thing. And I'm like, unless you're absolutely dominant and have that, I don't know, McGregor factor, where like, mm. I'm going to put him in a fucking triangle at this fucking time and it mm. happens. Outside of that, no one's going to know who the fuck you are, right? No. Social media is, is a great, it's a free platform. That's the other mad thing I say to people. It's mm. a kind of business talk. Right? It's a free fucking platform for you to reach anyone, anyone in the world, yeah, right? Yeah. You having your, your a separate page, obviously, for that thing, we want to get confused because it's fucking yeah. similar. I was like, I don't know which one to message. I'll just try that <laughs> one. That'll do. Um, you could end up reaching out to someone in Australia who says, do you know what? We're going to fly you over. We love your style. Absolutely great. Here's a sub-only mm. fight. I'm sure you're not going to say no to it. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And like, but that you, that's not going to happen unless without that social media interaction. Mm. And I still think to this day that people need to stop viewing it. It's like, oh, I don't want to be on TikTok. I'm like, if you get 40,000 views, mm. right? Not saying every single one's going to translate to someone else walking through the door. I'm still not getting TikTok. I've put my foot down. Ethan, Ethan's always telling me to get TikTok. And I'm Do like, it, nah, bro. mate, suck your mum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting TikTok. Um, I can't be dealing with another app on my phone. That's what it is. Oh, trust me. Like, literally, the platforms, obviously, we got with everything. We got YouTube, Spotify, all, all, basically, oh, all that. Um, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Um, haven't gone back to Snapchat at all. I think that's just for kids now, basically. Uh, kids and drugs. Um, yeah, basically. <laughs> Love stays a day's one at the moment. That's what it's just <laughs> full of. Um, so, yeah, TikTok. But the thing is, when I look at these platforms where everyone thinks, like, oh, you're on social media all the time, like, I'll post and I'm, I'm done. Like, it's just work. Like, send me yeah. an email for me. I'm like, right, that's sorted. I think about it. And then obviously, yeah. I keep on top of it. But sorry, a bit of a tangent there. I can't remember what we were talking about, to be honest. Uh, it was one of the Good questions. Good on social media. Uh, we were talking pet, about pet peeves. That was yeah, it. Yeah, people, people that go people ham. that go ham or people that try and explain away when you've tapped them as to why they wouldn't normally get tapped. That that annoys me. Like it's just like because I don't care. It's it's like I've 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 tapped black belts long before I was a black. I've tapped black belts before I was a brown belt. I know it wouldn't happen often, <laughs> and I know that it's when I've done it like in the past when I you know, was lower down 
in the right. I mean, a, a brown belt can can tap a black belt. It, it, it can happen. Purple belts can tap a black belt. Do you know what I mean? What was the, what was that moment like when you tapped that first black belt? Um, you like, did this just happen? I, I was a little, it's a little <laughs> weird because you kind of think you're you're always thinking like they've kind of let me let me do it. it. They've get, let me semi get to the position and then I ran with the ball basically. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then you kind of feel semi bad for it because you're like, oh, don't know if I should have done that, like. I don't know. You feel like should you should you have tapped a black belt? But then like, they're always happy. You know, it's, I've, ne I've never tapped someone, of, and all the way up. Not necessarily. Not hadn't always got to be black belts. Like mm. when you're a white belt, you're more than likely to tap a blue belt at some point. When you're a blue belt, you're more more than likely to tap a purple belt. It happens. Do you know what I mean? And it, I think that's everyone's so fake about that as well. Everyone like I saw something the other uh, the other week on social media, and it was along the lines of like, oh, if I got tapped by, and it was it was a blue belt talking as well. Oh, if I got tapped by a white belt, I might as well just quit jujitsu. And I was like, we've probably got white belts that tap you, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it, 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 it just happens. I told you earlier about that, the, the blue belt that caught me with the reach around. Yeah. Oh, mate. It's, um, it happens, especially when you're small like me. You just, you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't win them all. I think when I got a promotion to my blue belt, I think I lasted two days before I tapped. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, it's happened. So people are like, oh, have you been tapped to the blue belt yet? And I'm like, no, not yet. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, well, how long I can keep this going? And two days in, I'm like, yeah, this is not Yeah, gone. Gone. <laughs> there we go. No, nothing happened there. But no, you're very much right. Obviously, I think, uh, again, I tapped, uh, well, not even just tapped, I ended up putting to sleep a higher belt who competes very regularly. Mm. And this is just where we were drilling stuff in terms of um, what we were doing side control, um, starting, it was like basically positional spine. Positional starting, spine. I started with side control, I ended up doing this um, over, over loop uh, darts and obviously just turning in, locked it in. Nice. And I was like, oh, it's just cool, no problem. And again, I'm sure you get this obviously as a higher belt. I start and do it obviously with certain people where, again, obviously weight difference and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna let them get into this position and just see if I can work out mm -hmm. from it. And you seem quite light. And I was like, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, like, I turned them over a bit more, but it was like this whole body just flops. And I was like, shit, oh. hold on, he's gone to sleep. Yeah. And I was like, you wake, you wake. And he's like, no, and then he woke up, came round and everything. And I'm like, right, oh shit. And I'm like, please don't hurt me. I didn't mean to do that type of thing. I've been to Sleepy Town a couple of times. I've done it in like, competitions. Those, really? I've, I've been oh. three times in comps, I've had it done to me. Um, but it's always funny. A referee's like, oh, uh, you went out. I said, oh, I didn't think I was winning from here. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I always say. But again, I will, I'll tap to any bone breaking stuff, but putting to sleep, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a bit stubborn. Normally, like, normally it's when I get caught out. Um, uh, I've never been choked out in competition. I've been knocked out, um, but like kind of accidentally. Um, and, um, and in MMA, I've been knocked out with a kick. But um, do you know um, Anthony Crocker? Crocs, yeah, we Crocs. actually we got him on next. Actually. Oh, nice, oh, mate. <laughs> Crocs is sound. I mean, you got you got the next question for him. So if you know oh. Crocs, you know. Well, no, a good he one. got me with a literally. It was just a cross collar choke. Yeah. Um, and it was back in uh, old Pedro's, and um, I want to say he was a lot. I, I want to say he was a lot bigger back then. I mean, he's pretty. He's pretty big anyway. Yeah, he's in but the he was, he was he was even bigger, and um, literally, I don't even really remember it. Like he, could, he just went for a standard cross collar. And then all of a sudden, I can just hear this like, Paddy, Paddy. And I was like, oh shit. Like, completely went seat. And the second time was the first time I ever, I ever witnessed a baseball choke. I was on the receiving end of it and oh, just. Oh, were you trying to pass into side control? Yeah, I thought I passed here. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm everyone running. does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's wicked. And, and again, like... just white belt. And again, that, that was in the days where I was like, kind of against the gi anyway. So anything that was like a gi, <laughs> a kind of gi choke, I was just like, thought it was a bit lame. But, it, but, but now I'm all about it. But um, yeah, um, it was weird. I thought I passed. And then all of a sudden, I was just gone. 
yeah. thing is you notice it. When, once it happens and you start to realise what's going on instantly. That's it, yeah. And yeah. you're like, you're passing, you're like, what? No, hold on, I'm going back yeah. a second. <laughs> Ian, Ian, our, the head coach here, he loves a baseball choke and he's good at even Even for as long as I've known him, Still, if we if we'll have a little we'll have a little roll around now, and um, I still walk into him quite a lot, and I'm like, oh shit, I need to like he sets them up really nice. Yeah. But they are they are a underrated choke, I think, of baseball. If you get it on, it's just horrible. <laughs> cool. Uh, next question we had come through. Uh, I think it's been pretty obvious. Is are you looking forward to putting the under? Uh, I believe it's the uh, what did he say? Something about the flooring at RR Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, hundred percent flooring at RR Jiu Jitsu. Uh, Rich Rubino's a legend. Uh, and uh, I take it that was rich. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And um, yeah, looking forward to it. Nice. Good. Next question we had to come in is, are you going to the Open Mat Elite, I think, which is next Sunday? I didn't know about it. Um, probably not because we have sessions on. This was quite a rare Sunday that we had an Open Mat. Normally it's two classes. Uh, um, okay. So I, I, probably, I probably can't bail on both classes um, unless it's outside of that time. Yeah, but so 10 till 12, I'm kind of tied up. I thought I'd plug it infamously, mate, anyway for you, so it's all good. All right, cool. Uh, they're trying to basically get like a bit of an open map for the whole area, basically, of the nice. southwest. They're trying to do all I think it's the last, even the first Sunday of every month, I think it is, type of thing. Oh, if it's a regular thing, maybe we can look to bring some guys down later, yeah, later in the future. I mean, next Sunday is probably a bit of a squeeze, but yeah, we can. Definitely. Cool. Uh, next one we had is a little bit more out in the open, which was what would win, rat versus a squirrel, and there's a tree involved. Tree involved. Hmm. I reckon a rat could get up a tree though. Yeah. I'm going with the rat. You think the rat's gonna the rat, be the, the rat's dirty. The rat the rat will get in there. The squirrel's a little bit a little bit more agile, but I reckon the rat is once he gets old, he'll be ripping. <laughs> he'll do like gator rolls, do you know what I mean? Rat, he'll do rat rolls. Oh, I love that. I, love I reckon that. the rat's got it just a rat seems more powerful and nasty to me. Yeah. So I reckon the rat's got it. Oh, fair enough. That's an interesting one. Uh, next one was to ask about uh, the Secret Club, I think it was, which I think I got a whiff of that earlier as to what was going on there. Well, the Secret Club, mate, I can't tell you too much about it because <laughs> it's a secret club. Basically, there's a horrible sub. You might have seen it earlier today. Yes. And it doesn't look that bad. doesn't look that bad, but it's horrible. And it stays with you. Like After the sub's finished, you're kind of like, oh, it still hurts a bit. And um, I got the blue belt I was talking about earlier. I was introduced to this in a role with uh, Dean, blue belt, caught me with this fucking horrible sub. I'm almost giving it away with what I'm doing with my hands. <laughs> caught, caught me with this sub. We didn't know what it was called at the time. We, we, we adopted the name, the reach around. Um, <laughs> but there's this sub called the reach around, it's horrible. And um, we've agreed that members of the secret club are basically guys that have been caught with the reach around. <laughs> but now we don't do it to each other. So we can, we can elect new members by, by giving them a reach around. So do you guys like have a little like talk beforehand? Like, oh, we're thinking Timmy over there. He could be the No, no, it's just, it's, just, it's just like opportune. Like, like whenever, whenever it comes to you, if, if, if you can get a reach around, take it. Are you going <laughs> to have a proud dad moment if this happens in a competition? With mate, I'm gonna, mate, you're going to hear me at competitions screaming for a reach around. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Uh, I'm going to clip that. That's, yeah. good. That's, good. That's, good. That's good on TikTok. Yeah. You're going to hear me at competitions yeah, screaming for a reach around. But yeah, the, um, what we agree, because it's so horrible, we agree that if you're in the club, you, you can't do it to someone else who's in the club. Like if, you're having a, if I roll with Dean now, because I immediately caught him back with it, the, the, the subsequent <laughs> roll. So... Now, if we roll, neither of us do it. We're like, no reach rounds. 
Um, and the know, same I goes think... same goes for the whole club. But if they if they're not in the club, we can we can we can bring them into the club. <laughs> but then once you're in the club, it's civil. There's no more reach around. No more reach around. <laughs> it's kind of a dilemma. You either want to be involved with it so you never have it again, yeah. or you want to sit there with a the fear that it, it could happen. Once everyone knows it, we'll we'll ban it from existence. Do you know what I think I got reached around by someone you may know, a guy called Mike Hughes, purple brown. Mike Hughes. He's at Olympians now, but he used to be down under Chico Mendes, I think it was. Oh, I might know him. I don't uh, know. By name, I'm not sure. By uh, face, he's maybe. Pur- he's a purple belt now, but I think he's done it to me at one point. But, yeah, and that was horrible because, again, it's just, yeah, without giving too much away, it's not great. <laughs> it's it's not, not a nice great, Not great in the slightest bit. Um, how come so... How, I think the next question was, was why are buggy chokes so good against you? Nah, buggy chokes are bullshit. Buggy <laughs> chokes don't even work. There's... I, I'm I'm sure at one day I'm going to have to eat some humble pie for saying this. Probably just, like, it's, probably just, like, it's going to be the next traditional jujitsu. Do you know what I mean? In yeah. terms of like, no, leg locks, leg locks don't work, and then all of a sudden, yeah. To be fair, mate, there was, there was quite there's leg locks in traditional jujitsu, but the buggy choke. I've never been buggy choked, and every someone every time someone tries it, I hit them with an absolutely horrible counter that just like. You can either sub them, sometimes you can sub them with, the, if, they, if they try and, uh, the best way I could explain it is almost like a Von Flew. Yeah, I'm with you. So if they try and persist with the buggy choke, yeah. they end up tapping, or they have to let go and, and reset yeah. and start, start doing a real escape. That's, yeah. um, so I bet that was Patrick. Patrick loves a buggy choke. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Patrick loves a buggy choke. Um, uh, Patrick broke his own wrist, fractured his own wrist doing a buggy choke. (laughs) Because he was trying to do a buggy choke so hard that he fractured his wrist. But but yeah, I don't don't believe in them. I think they're fake news. I think you, if you know, and like I say, that maybe I just haven't been hit with the right buggy choke yet. Maybe I'm going to get destroyed with one. But normally the defense I've been using um, is nasty. And it just yeah. makes them. It just makes them look like a fake move. No, it's. In, I've been buggy choked once, but it wasn't successful, and it stagnated the movement completely. Mm. Again, I got into side control, and obviously chucked the buggy choke. And in mm. my head, I was like, "Well, okay, I'm still here with my arm and shoulder into your neck and pressuring." Like I used to mention, terms like one flu and that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, at the end of the day, if I really want, if this is a competition environment, I've got the dexterity to basically bring my knee onto your neck if you really want me to. Yeah. yeah. What I do, I go the opposite way. I roll into their face and their neck basically like a super heavy cross face yeah sometimes if i've got the gi i'll even go like over the top and go yeah. forearm, forearm in the, yeah. forearm in yeah. the yeah. neck exactly and then i lift up and i shelf the hips on my knee so their hips are in the air and they can't put them back down so uh, they're just kind of stuck with their legs in the air getting like yeah. basically normally what happens is they, they'll bail on the buggy choke and like start to hip escape or something yeah. but um anyway I'm sure one day I'll get caught with a buggy choke, but it's not, it's not this day. Is that going to be the new secret club? Yeah. That will be, yeah. Mate, literally after this, everyone's going to be trying to buggy choke me. Oh, mate, I feel sorry for you. I'll <laughs> welcome it. I, I want to see, see the post one day. It'll be like, it'll be like a little Burger King crown. I'll be like, right, yeah. here we go. It's, it's now been dethroned. He's been buggy choked altogether, which is mim. Next question that we had was, who has the best takedowns? Who in the world or in the... In the, in the, in the club. In the club, me. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Without a doubt, no one else. I reckon it's me. Yeah. It's um. There are people. I mean, look, we've been training. Some of us have been training together a long time, so I won't. Like George, was here today. Yep. Uh, George has got just great takedowns, great wrestling all around. Um, but I find I can normally, normally, not all the time. He put me on my ass loads, but normally I can kind of counter wrestle good enough to. 
not necessarily, he's quite hard to take down, not, so, not necessarily take him down, but end up on top. Mm. Um, either from sprawling and, and going the front headlock route or... Um, I didn't see you did do takedown earlier, which I was like, oh, it was an outside, uh, no, inside trip, I think it was. That's the one I like. That's yeah. my favourite. So I was like, that's judo-esque, isn't it? I'm pretty it's sure. judo-esque. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a little bit different the way I would set it up in judo to, to nogi, but yeah, it's, um, it's judo-esque. But, I, but I'm, I've got the, a little bit of judo background um, and um, also, like I say, my original kind of grappling coach, Steve Keane, yeah. was, was very heavy on the wrestling. So I feel like I'm not claiming to be like out of this world at takedowns. And in comp, actually, I don't, sometimes I'll pull guard because I don't want to, a lot of guys, especially as you go higher up the ranks, they're like fucking guard wizards. Mm. So I don't necessarily want to take someone down. If I land a takedown in closed guard, I don't really reg register it as a takedown because probably 60% of people want to pull guard anyway. So I've just mm -hmm. put them where they want to be. Yeah. So sometimes I'll pull guard if I know they've got a good guard. Yeah. Because then in my, in my head, I feel like I'm quite comfortable with my guard as well. Yeah. And I feel like then I don't have to pass, um, you know, a really tricky guard. Whereas if I dive in with a takedown, I'm, I think I probably could get more takedowns in competition, but I'm a little bit gun shy because I don't want to end up, I don't want to run into guillotines and I don't want to end up tied in the guard. So sometimes I'll, not do it, but in the gym, um, I do love a, I do love a good wrestle. <laughs> cool. Final question we got for you from the Instagram was uh, ask him about his hobbit feet. About my hobbit feet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they're pretty hairy. I'm not gonna get them out. <laughs> I got, yeah, I got, I got pretty hairy feet. Um, and I, I did previously earn the nickname Frodo. I'm not sure if it's because of my hairy feet or just because I was, because I'm small. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> Or I used to travel. I used to take two trains up to Pedro's when I first started doing jiu-jitsu up there. So I'm not sure where the nickname came from, but the, but the nickname came out. And um, maybe it was because of my hairy feet. I don't know. <laughs> um, I've also got really broken feet. They're like held together with tape. So um, I don't know what it is, especially my left foot just always takes a battering. So um, how are the fingers out of interest? Are they pretty bad as well? Or they... Fingers aren't too bad. This one's knackered. That was from a machine accident at work. Uh. So that one got mangled up, I had to have surgery. I didn't have a nail for months. Um, but that's painful all the time. Um, yeah, I can join you with that one. Right. Oof, yeah, it's nice. It's constantly like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, that was, that was a bit, it all got mangled up and it's sort of like, it don't, I don't know, it doesn't really feel like the rest of my fingers anymore. It's just, it's weird. But you don't really notice it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it's fair enough, it's fair enough. Cool, um, we'll go on to the next question, which we've now kept it kind of as a staple question, okay. right, which we really, really, really like at the moment, which is what failure do you cherish the most? Ooh, fa Ooh there's quite a few, mate. Oh. Probably keep it jujitsu related for this one. Keep it jujitsu related. Yeah, even jujitsu related, there's quite a few. Um, that one time I got buggy chokes and I got right Yeah. Failure, <laughs> George. Oh. I'm trying to think which of those 17 losses in a row. <laughs> <laughs> which of those 17 losses in a row was the worst? Um, I would say uh, it's not a specific event, but um, when I was having a difficult time training, um, kind of pushing myself to compete and putting extra stress on myself to compete, when I knew when I knew I wasn't um, wasn't where I should be. Um, uh, just you know, physically everything. You, I didn't feel strong. I didn't feel fast. I, I just felt you know kind of lazy. I was anything but lazy because I was like 
hustling. But um, it, I, it was, I shouldn't have been competing, basically. No, here's, here's I'll tell you the beat. I got it. Oh, um, when on. I got knocked out. Because I went all the way to Sunderland for this fight as well. It's always the case. I hadn't, I hadn't, <laughs> been, I hadn't been training. This, this was when I moved all my training. Like I spoke about earlier, moved my training back to Western from, from when I'd been up to kind of doing a lot of stuff in Bristol. Had the family and stuff, so needed to make everything local again. And I literally, first or second session back doing MMA mm. uh, with um, uh, Alex Owen, Team Savage, and um, some of the guys are on a show in Sunderland, and there's a, they're looking for someone my weight. And I've not been training, like, basically at all for quite a while. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, all right. It was a few months away, so I thought... Oh, I got time to kind of get back. I was, yeah. I was feeling quite good in the gym as well. Yeah. Uh, even though I wasn't, you know, even though I had had time off, I still felt all right. And I thought, yeah, well, as long as I can just get like regular training in from now till then, I'll be sound. Didn't do that at all. Uh, literally the next week I had like a, a basically change of contract. So I was working in Bath all the time, not getting back for sessions because they started quite early, like six o'clock sessions. Yeah. So basically I was training once a week leading up to this fight, felt terrible going in for it. Wanted to pull out, <clears throat> but I didn't really have a reason other than... Didn't feel great. Other than I've not been training. And um, yeah, went in there, went out on my shield, but it, I just, it, it's a fight I shouldn't have had. And it's like really irritating, like the, the, the way that it finished as well. It's just like, it, get, it gets on my nerves. And um, it was... There was just no reason. There was no, no reason to do it. I just, I just didn't want to be a pussy and, and, and pull out. I had good intentions of getting in a good fight camp, um, but I didn't, and I paid for it. So the lesson you learned is that it's never too late just to say, no, actually, we can address this another day type thing. Yeah, I should have, it should have been way earlier. It should have been weeks before I should have gone, you know, it's, it's somewhere where they still had time to... Because it got so close as well, and I kept on thinking about it. I was like, well, they're not going to find another matchup now, so i just mm. got to do it. I'm not going to pull out and leave someone with it. Because I've had that, I've, I've weighed in. It's happened to me twice where I've been at the venue, weighed in, and, and the guys pulled out on the day. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's weird, because when I think back to like doing MMA, it feels like I did more than I did. I've only had three fights. Um, but there was more like probably fucking six or seven that were supposed to happen, happen and fell through at the last minute. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that fight, I uh, shouldn't have taken it, shouldn't, shouldn't have gone through with it. And um, that's what happens. You get nice. what you get. Thanks for sharing that one, mate. That's no, a good one, obviously, from there, which is cool. What is a unpopular jujitsu opinion that you have? An unpopular jujitsu opinion that I have. Oof. Other than the things we've mentioned already. Yeah. All right. So th th there's one, and this this has got different tiers, though, right? <laughs> oh, so it depends. Depends on where you are in the game. But I think I hear a lot of questions. Obviously, now I'm doing more coaching. Guys that only kind of train like once or twice a week. Mm. And they're asking me, bearing in mind, I don't claim to be anything other than a, a jujitsu guy. I don't do, I just started playing golf. Other than that, I don't go to the gym. I don't do CrossFit. I don't really do, um, we kind of do strength and conditioning in a way, but it's like jujitsu specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but get brand new guys saying to me, should I do strength and conditioning or should I be going to the gym? alongside jiu-jitsu and, and my honest answer for new guys starting out is not at all um, because let's say most people start jiu-jitsu and they don't realize how much people put into it yep. people start and they think yeah I can come once a week and then they're like oh wait you guys are training this guy's been here six times this week 
And we're like, yeah, that's people get into it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so most people, when they decide they're going to start this new hobby of jujitsu, I would say most of them have probably a maximum of three slots they can, they can afford to start with. Yep. I'm, not, we're not, I'm not talking about high-level guys. I'm talking about average guys that start jujitsu. Let's say you've got three slots a week. That's what your missus has let you come out to train for, yep. right? It's, it's, there's, there's no shame in it. It is what it is. Um, when, you get, when you're at that level, three sessions of jujitsu a week is what you need. If you want, if you want to succeed at like, you know, low-level competition, I don't think splitting three classes, if you were doing one jujitsu and two gym, or like two jujitsu and one gym, I don't think any of those are going to be better than just doing jujitsu three times. Yeah. If you're at a stage where you're training three to six times a week and um have capacity for and, or or you're you, you might live in a place that only does jujitsu once a week you might yeah. live out in somewhere that doesn't have much jujitsu so then all right fair enough go to the gym do something extra but if you've got you know three slots a week to fill with something and that's all you can afford then i definitely think just just do jujitsu three three times a week four times a week after that when you're training a little bit more sorry phone again <laughs> When you train a little bit more or if you're taking it to like a, if we're speaking professional level, then yeah, I would absolutely say if you're, if you're rolling four to six times a week and you've got more time to spare, um, 100%, go to the gym, do whatever strength and conditioning you need to do. But for the average Joe that does jujitsu, I don't think you need or should even be bothered about thinking about yeah. um, extra things to do. Do you know what I mean? If it's gonna if it's gonna take away from another jujitsu session, yeah. If you can do that and jujitsu, fine. But if you're not even making three classes a week, and you're asking, you know, should I be doing strength and conditioning? I, I don't think so, really. No, I think you need to just learn some jujitsu. I feel like it's kind of a bit of an excuse for them to sort of like verify why they're not in the club as much. Yeah, yeah. No, we've had it before. People, we, we we've joked around and said, oh, I've, like, yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? He's like, oh yeah, I've been at the gym now. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, what? <laughs> What, what does your that matter? Your bicep curl is going to do fuck all again. Yeah, I, I, did, I, did, I didn't ask you that. I said, <laughs> I said, why haven't you been at jiu-jitsu? Do you know what I mean? It's, um, it doesn't... I think it helps. I think, I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't work or it doesn't help. I think it massively does. It's something I probably should do more of. Um, but again, I've got a finite number of slots every week. Yeah. I, you know, and I would rather spend them at jiu-jitsu, to be honest, than, yeah. um, than, the, than in the gym. I've got, I've got my perfect schedule, obviously, again, ankle, obviously, injury-dependent type yeah, thing, yeah. is obviously... Five jiu-jitsu sessions a week, potentially a sixth with an open mat somewhere, right? Yep. Then obviously I've got time for two S&C type sessions or gym sessions and then a cardio session, which I'll just do the Trojan circuit on a Saturday morning, yeah. right? Still a lot of training. I was going right? to say, that you might, be a, you might be a blue belt, but that, that is, you know, basically a professional caliber of, a yeah. professional schedule of We've, training. And that is fine, do you know what I mean? But if I've got the capacity to do it, then I will. And don't get yeah. me wrong, that is the optimal week. How often that optimal week happens? Yeah. Doesn't happen all the time. Things get taken away. Things also get put back in, etc. And that obviously happens from time to time with stuff. But, but yeah, in terms of obviously that training schedule and stuff like that, I know with some of the guys who we've got at my club, obviously in terms of competition, like again, they're three times a day, like fully Monday, I think I think Sunday, only twice a day type thing. They'll have S&C on top of that and it's just levels to it. And I think... Yeah. I, There's definitely levels to it. I'm very competitive. I don't want to turn up to a competition to be a number. I think that's just within my nature. And yeah. I just like, at the same time, I like somewhat enjoy that pressure because I want to do a good job, right? And there's some people in the sport who enjoy it because it's their pastime, it's their downtime, whatever it is. But I'm just just too competitive in that instance. No, that's fair so. enough. And that's, that's the, the, the thing is as well, and with your, what you do for a living, 
like, like you said to me earlier, you're dealing with people that are athletes, essentially. Yep. But um, for, I think a lot of, a lot of um, information gets kind of like, good information gets wasted on the wrong people. Not, yep. not, not wasted, but like, if, like I said, if, if you're not doing that much at all, if, you, if you've got three sessions of exercise per week, and you want to be doing jujitsu, mm. even, and you want to think about competing in jujitsu, because some people do, as 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 hobbyists, they still want to compete. That's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you've got three slots, make them all jujitsu. Really, 100%. if you've got more time, but, fill your uh, boots. But. Do you know? What? I think that's the same argument you could say there in the sense that look, if you want to go into a bodybuilding show, right, and you've got three slots to go and train, right, but you also have a, like a little side thing for jujitsu, yeah. I'll be like saying go to the fucking gym. Yeah, it's the yeah. opposite way around. It's the opposite way around. Exactly. It yeah. depends on where you want to put your focus on. And I think, like I said, you may have that scenario happen a bit more. And now we're getting more people cross over from different sort of like sports. But how with the popularity of jujitsu going up type thing, so yeah. would surprise me. But no, that makes sense in terms of that. Um, what is the post-workout comp meal? What are you going for? Comp after a comp. Yeah, you've got the you've got the dub. You've got your gold. There's your podium. <sighs> what are you get? Where where are you Mate, driving to next? But um, normally it'll be it'll be just be something greasy and gross that I shouldn't be eating. It's fine. KFC. Yeah. I think it's probably normally a KFC. KFC. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Ashley Bendel took it with McDonald's for. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like always different things type of thing. I think well we've had uh, five guys. There seems to be a lot of burgers and stuff like that. It seems to be the case for a lot. Five of Five guys seems like an effort to get there after a comp. Yeah, just, maybe if you. Were, Nearby. Depends on where the comp is and stuff. Yeah, yeah like five. No, I like to just whip through in the car, <laughs> get it down, go home. Go home. Yeah, job to good much. Right, dude. One of the final tests we're going to do I'm is the grip strength challenge. Right. So we got it in pounds, nice and simple. You're going to put it in the appropriate hand, put it up, bring it down, squeeze it as hard as you can, and it will register the. Well, like squeeze as I go, or yeah. like wherever if you want to breathe up there, down there, no problem. Just obviously the idea being is we don't want you to try and like. Yeah, press it into something. Yeah. All right. All right. Not sure so, how well this is going to go. It's all right. We'll go with the right hand first. Oh, that felt terrible. I felt kind of slipped around it. That's all good. Nah, no good, no good. Try the left one. So, this way. Do yeah. I have to reset? Yeah, it's all good. Let me get a bit of a nervous sweat on. Yeah. That was one I've got the competition shits now, that's it. <laughs> I bet you can check these toilets quickly. <laughs> That felt even worse. <sighs> Same. 112.2. Do you want to have a retake on the right hand side? Let me try a retake on the right hand side. Sorry, guys, I'm cheating. <laughs> do I have to do this every time? Don't have to, it's all good. Oh, it's not registering. Ah! Oh, that felt good as well. That, that would have been that, that would have been it. Uh, over, <laughs> over 200, <laughs> <Yeah>. error. <laughs> oh, we're doing well. <sighs> 115.6. That's hard, actually. That's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Do you want to do the left one more time? Oh, go on, I'll try again. 115.6, I think you've got 112 to be on the left. I don't think I'm going to. It's when it slips like that that I fuck it. Well, 13, I'm dead. Okay, cool. That. All right, I'm going to write these down quickly. So, final question came from our previous guest. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, The question is, if you could be a jiu-jitsu superhero, what would be your name and what would be your superpower? Oh. A jujitsu superhero. superhero. Oh, mate. I'd be, I'd just be Frodo. <laughs> that would be my jujitsu superhero name. And my secret power would be the Shire Guard, which um, I've, I've, I've not 
you've not seen probably, but you probably have. It'll be cut out of BJJ Fanatic soon, yeah. <laughs> it'll be it'll be on my Instagram. I'll do it on my Instagram. It's no, there's a there's a little there's a guard I like to use <clears throat> that um, I've seen it come under loads of different names. Yeah. But I've been doing it since the white belt, and I I don't I'd never known what it was called. Uh, Jamie Dix tells me actually that it's because I mentioned it to him when he came for a seminar. He tells me it's called the Squirrel Guard, but I'm having none of it. Because I named it the Shire Guard, years, and, and that's what that's what I'm running with. But it's it's a cool. That would be my special move. I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. It's it's uh it's it's, it's a nice one. It's a nice one. I can show yeah. you. I can show you. Yeah, that'd yeah. be wicked. Well, dude, I've got no more questions for you. I appreciate obviously all your time obviously today going through that stuff. But like I said, obviously viewers and listeners, I hope you're obviously going to take something away obviously from this episode. Um, one other thing, obviously, I try and get this opportunity to do is there any up-and-comers to be aware of in the local area you think people need to give it more credit to and stuff like that in terms of, like, athletes and stuff? 100%. I, I think uh, one thing i just say as well is I think a lot of people, um, I think, like, without being big-headed, I think our gym in general is, I think people have got the wrong idea about our gym. I, um, <clears throat> not long after we opened, um, there's some people that can't, I, I, I don't know if it, if it was intentional or if it was just a mad coincidence. Some people posted some things that I felt were kind of like trying to throw shade at the gym. Um, but what people don't realize is like in here, um, this isn't like a GB. This isn't like a, a, a money spinner. Don't get me wrong. We, we, we want to make some money from the gym. So far, no one's taken a payday from the gym. We do this for the nice. love of jujitsu. I'm sure we, we, we offer some of the best value for money jiu-jitsu in the country um we have sessions every day and all we're all we're here to do is um make our club better and and, and make jiu-jitsu better in the area and since we've had the new timetable um we're already seeing like in competition and in the in the room we're seeing some like just mega improvements like unreal improvements from some people who are you know really taking the ball and running with it training all the time um so i think this gym in general is going to be one to what i i i would say within the next inside this is might be looking a little bit longer than you were thinking but like inside the next 10 years i i genuinely believe will be um a gym that's that's heard of one of the top kind of gyms in the country and it, and it might seem unrealistic now if you don't know us uh or if you haven't heard about us but um you will do, I think. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, and I think and um, people specifically, um, we got a guy, you sort of met him today, George Di Rosario. He's a little bit injured at the moment, um, but he's a savage. Once he gets a little bit more refined and technical, um, like I say, he's a very good wrestler, very good kind of in the scrambles and stuff. Once he like dials in... Um, some of his favourite subs and that, I, I, he's going to be an absolute killer. Um, um, we've got two guys, they're only white belts, but they're just super keen if they keep at it. The Samson brothers, you met one of them today. Um, they'll be good. We've got, we got loads of guys. We've got Dean, the guy who caught me. Um, the Scissor Sisters. With the, oh, the Scissor... No, who was the Scissor Sisters earlier? That was... Ethan, wasn't it? That was Ethan and George. Um, no, Dean wasn't here today. Dean was the one with the, who... Caught me with the reach round. Oh, you, um, keep, you try to keep, keep, keep on giving it away. Yeah, <laughs> there's not there's not many guys to be honest that I can um, hey, I can think of for, like up and comers at the end of the day. So it's not in the immediate world. like like yeah like immediately. But I think like the gym in general is gonna is gonna take off. I I genuinely believe that, and I wouldn't say it 
There'll be some front runners in front of a eventually. camera if I didn't believe it. No, there'll be some front runners eventually, and you you'll want to put that time into. It. And I think even though you said about not taking a payday, I still wouldn't put it past you guys that when that does come up opportunity, you'll be there thinking about where can we reinvest this in. Oh, the gym makes money. We we haven't taken <clears throat> the gym's making good money to be honest, but we're we're in a position where we're going to wait for it to grow, yeah. and um, yeah. and we we want to assess what's coming in and out before we start saying. We're going to pay X, pay ourselves X amount. Yeah, it's, it's too it's too early days since we we've only we've only opened the the um, new place the new place six months ago, uh, maybe seven months ago. But um, I think it's, it's, it, it's, it, the the gym makes good money, but at the minute it's just sat there. We don't want to. It's just a good indicator, in my opinion, that you see some gyms that will just simply take 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 take, mm. and there'll just be no improvements, nothing. Things will get like broken. It won't get fixed. Yeah. All that type of stuff, and so. Again, that's to me is obviously when you see a gym not just simply just looking for their paydays type of thing straight away. No, not like, at all. Right, let's reinvest it. Let's make this a bit better. Well, what other equipment can we get in here mm. and all that type of stuff? So, and that's where it feels like again from the outset of coming in here and just seeing everything you've spoken about today, just quite transparent. So, yeah, yeah really looking forward obviously to seeing you guys obviously grow up a little bit more. Um, grow up. That's probably the wrong word. Probably, yeah. Sorry, not grow up. <laughs> level up. Yeah, no, more. definitely. That probably be the best way to describe and the thing, it. The thing is, as well, I, I think the, I think the, it, it's, I think the the level of coaching has has never been bad. It's the, the the level of jujitsu here has never been bad. But previously, we had half a schedule, um, and that, and there were some guys that would cross train like and and do some MMA and that when we were when we were at, at the old venue, but. Um, it's it's not that anything's changed really. We've just got more sessions. We can accommodate more people. We we were at a point where we couldn't advertise in the old place because we didn't really want more people. We were like, well, that's nice organic growth though. That's really promising. yeah. We, we we were sort of like, well, we can't really. It, it would you know, especially summer months, people come out of the woodwork, and um, it was getting busy. And we were like, to be honest, we can't really handle it being much busier than that, unless we have other nights, which which we couldn't work out at the time. Um, but now we've got daytime sessions, AM sessions, uh, sessions every night of the week. Nice, man. Um, so it makes a big difference to the guys that... Um, nice. Um, shout out to any sort of sponsors, gym, any, anything special you've got going on, obviously, with the place, anything, any gym inductions type of thing, I don't know. Trying to think, I don't want to forget anyone. Um, no, we didn't really have any sponsors, to be honest. Um, just shout out to the Rising Tide crew, all the coaches. Ian, Martin, and Chris. Um, like I say, we're all, everything we do at this stage is, you know, just for the love of jujitsu. It's not, we're not, we're not, um, we're not counting pennies or anything. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're here. <laughs> not a cult. Just trying to, people ask me about the gym and, and it, it tends to be like a business conversation. Like people ask me, how's the gym going? Um, and um, sometimes I just want to say, yeah, all of that aside, the fucking jujitsu is great. Like, the, like, like, the, like the, it's, it's all well and good. Like, I, I don't want to stand here and talk about what the gym's earning and stuff like that. No, but wonderful. the um, the main thing is the gym covers itself. The, the gym earns money, and since we've been able to improve the schedule, um, the guys have just been. I mean, there's there's guys on the mat, and they're just so much better than I was at that stage, and it's just mad. And I just think like. Nice and see. especially competition results have been getting better and better. Guys have been um, making um, good showings, and it's just nice to see, especially when you see guys, because we got like a lot of different kind of styles. Because um, Ian's like tall and lanky, I'm tiny, 
Chris is kind of in the middle and Martin's shorter, but he's like stockier. Um, so there's like, none of, none of us even agree on jujitsu. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't do the same jujitsu. So like, if you're the guys that are here a lot and they're getting a spread through all the different coaches, um, I think they've got a good, nice mixed bag of stuff coming out. And you see guys in competition do stuff that's like exactly as we've drilled. And um, it's a nice thing. It's like a, like a kind of heartwarming thing when you see that, like someone pull off exactly what we've been doing in class, what we've mm. been working on. So um, um, it's nice. It's nice. Reach okay. round. <laughs> yeah, the reach round. Yeah, so it's gonna, the reach round's coming. But, Love to um, see it. Love to see it. Well, uh, obviously, uh, guys, if you're in the Western area, come and check out, obviously, Rising, Rising Tide in Western. Um, obviously, at the end of the day, if you're in, just pop in. I'm sure anyone can pop in. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. timetable's all online. Um, just... Um, Come and have a roll. Yeah, definitely. Well, dude, thanks obviously being on first. No worries. Thanks for having us. Sorry, I didn't do that to everyone. I'll show you how to coffee. It's an ongoing joke I've had for ages.